Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Five here this Monday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 is the number to call this afternoon. Don't forget you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, uh, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget to get your subscription at rockoftalk.chat. Eric in the control room. And uh, we are broadcasting from remote locations, uh, Dowd and myself, as we have a conversation about the issues of the day. And it's going to be a good one because uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, where would you like to be if it's not Albuquerque? A lot of people asking that question. Dowd, I looked uh, for that. Dowd chooses uh, Albuquerque. I've chosen Albuquerque, but it doesn't seem like many of you out there are choosing Albuquerque. And with the uh, forest fire igniting the largest in the state's history, as I indicated, officially determined today, uh, by the way, as we continue to uh, sort of lament the fact that we've even gotten to this point, it doesn't, uh, they're not talking about containment. Have you always noticed, like, when it comes to forest fires, they always talk about 60% contained, 70% contained. Have you noticed there is literally zero discussion about the amount of containment? There's almost no metrics on the amount of containment. That's because, A, it's uncontrolled, and, B, I don't know that it's on purpose <laughs> at this point. <laughs> D-Dowd Muska, hour one, lots of fun, and how was the weekend, sir? Uh, relaxing weekend, uh, getting a little hot here in the desert southwest. But, yes, uh, it is. You know, um, if, you, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. A little humid today, which is kind of rare for us, Eddie. I, mm-hmm. I do like that. I like that crisp dry air i i, I would yeah. need a little bit more of that <laughs> we certainly uh, do uh doubt i couldn't find the uh poll on there but i know that uh, it is one that we need to talk about because you know there's a lot of people who are being forced out of their places in northern new mexico and you know just as a percentage of people i'd like to know of those people that are relocating to other states already now the reason why i say this is you have a, a city like angel fire or a town like angel fire or the village is what they actually call it of angel fire and i don't know if there's a population distinction by each of those uh, three classifications by population size uh, that i don't know there probably is but i'm unaware of what exactly that is what i will tell you is there are a number of people who are in angel fire who don't live there permanently uh during the pandemic and during rona uh you might remember that there was many many people who would come in from out of state and decide to go ahead and work remotely i knew many people from dallas from oklahoma oklahoma city Tulsa, uh, even uh, a family from Colorado, just because of the relative uh, ease to get in and out of Angel Fire and the cost, uh, were also in there for the summer as they were trying to stay open and did stay open for Angel Fire. They did have their, um, you know, and I have something that's near and dear to me. And we also know one of our gubernatorial candidates, Mark Ronchetti. Uh, his wife is uh, very familiar with angel fire so she can attest to the fact that you know people are like 75 80 85 percent from other places so when you have this and it's impacting their homes and people have made this investment and these aren't like cheap homes they're million dollar homes five six seven hundred thousand and in some cases uh the former chief of i think it's uh it used to be kermagee and then it became Artichenko or something like that uh, energy that's there has his house there. I mean, it's unbelievable. $10 million. But now you have these fires non-contained 
burning at the highest rate that they've ever burned in. And I think nationally we've grown like uh, 1.2 million acres on average. We, we burn across the country about 770,000 acres a year. Uh, last year in 2021, I think nationally we only had about 450,000 acres that burned. In the state of New Mexico alone, we're well over 260,000 acres with this. So if you think about that, we're accounting for nearly a quarter of all the acreage burned in the entire country. It's not burning like it is here in the state of New Mexico. And I don't want to call it drought-like conditions because we're not talking much about a drought. Um, we haven't really talked about how, you know, the landscape is parched or anything. So I think it le leads a, a little better explanation for our population in the state of New Mexico to really say, hey, what's happening? What's going on? Why are we in this bad position? And we, of course, know that the Department of Interior head is none other than Deborah Holland. This hangs on her, okay? Let's not forget it was Martin Heinrich and Michelle Lujan Grisham, which aimed thoughtfully to go ahead and have more of the forest uh, service manage more of the forest uh, and reduce the number of permits, logging, Christmas treeing, whatever people happen to be uh, wanting to do. So it's a bit of a tinderbox up there, but no more than it is in previous years. It's, it is a hot summer, but I do think that we haven't even got to summer. That doesn't officially start for more than a month, folks, and look at how much we've already burned. So um, the timing of this is also a little suspect uh, as well. Generally, some of the bigger fires that happen, um, if you look at the seasonality of this, the fires are generally happening mostly you know, during the summer. So I don't want to talk about fires because, A, there's nothing I can do about it, and, B, I think, uh, and, and more importantly, there's nothing that you can do about it. But you are doing something about it if you have property up in northern New Mexico and you don't live here. You're moving other places, and you're going other places. And if you were to take a sampling of the people that are up in northern New Mexico, you're saying, well, where are you going? Are you going to go see your family in Albuquerque? I would venture to guess a majority of those people say, no, I'm going to Colorado. This is my sign. I'm going to Oklahoma. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Utah. I'm going to Nevada. I'm going to Arizona. They're not coming to Albuquerque. They're not leaving northern New Mexico and deciding to, hey, we're going to go back. In. So Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to be owning this in a number of different ways, right? One, forest management, what they want is more federal control of those forests. Uh, I think that's a big thing, too. Let's not forget she is a woman uh, who uh, had that seat in CD1 prior to Deborah Holland. So we can sort of say that she's responsible for, you know, the Department of the Interior position, even though she was trying so hard uh, for that for that Department of Health position. Uh, you know, she wanted a, a place in that cabinetry uh, as well. So I think we need to sort of put all this stuff in perspective. So let's, uh, let's do that. And the people who can put it in perspective are the very people I said that are are the most important and that's you new mexico six of ten new mexicans would leave for a better life now if poor economic conditions lowest unemployment poor children's health uh, let's let's just keep moving on down the line forest fire shall we say yes okay wait we, we don't have to move that far down every place is better than new mexico Every single place is better than New Mexico. Let me repeat that. Every place, and I'll put it in big, is better than New Mexico right now. Does it mean that we deserve this life that we're getting? 
Well, it's what we chose. It's what we elected. It's what we decided that we wanted. We thought this leadership, and I say the collective we, we thought this leadership was the leadership that was going to be the ones that were effectively going to change New Mexico, improve New Mexico, make it better than, I guess, when Susana Martinez was here, or I guess then, you know, when Gary Johnson was running things. And has it been better? The answer is, is you know, emphatically no. So you have to ask yourself, how do Democrats be... Uh, keep getting elected year after year? Why do they own every statewide position? Here's the bigger question for me. Why doesn't the Republican Party have a better bench of candidates ready to capitalize on this opportunity to take this state over? I just want to win. And I know that you guys want to win. And we've got a very, very talent-rich um I think, uh, number of people, but all the Republicans that we have in our bench are essentially running for the only one position, that's governor of the state of New Mexico. <laughs> and it is a little bit laughable in that, you know, we, we do need to come together uh, as a party. Now, I don't want to get stressed out and focus on party stuff because Dow doesn't care about it. And to be quite honest, given the way that I've been treated, uh, neither do I. And I didn't deserve the treatment uh, that I have been receiving. And you guys now know that. And you tell me that all the time. So let's get to this poll. How do we change things? How do we make things different? This poll coming from KOB Channel 4. Uh, Dowd, I have to uh, ask you, uh, since I have yet to watch the video or anything, but uh, if we're talking three of five New Mexicans leaving the state of New Mexico, by the way, uh, KOB, little editorial comment, better to use big numbers like 60% of New Mexico instead of six of 10, and better to quantify in a smaller fractions. Why I teach my, my children how to compound and cram down fractions to the smallest denominator. Um, if you're going to use a fraction, make sure you, you squeeze it all the way down. That would be three-fifths, three out of five people. In other words, basically just leaving two fingers up on there. It's just a better way to translate, and it's more impactful. But you, KOB, you don't want that because you likely because you likely want uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, back in office. But on First Pass Dowd, your thoughts on this KOB report and uh, whether or not you were surprised? Uh, well, Eddie, uh, media bias, <clears throat> which is what I was trained in uh, as I entered this business, it, it, it can take so many forms. I mean, you're used to some reporter who claims to be objective making some terrible comment donald trump's the most evil man alive but there's so many other little clever ways you can you can uh, display your bias this poll which is pretty damning about the, the 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 state of the state's mood i guess i would say it was released released on friday at 6 25 p.m so one of the best ways to bury bad news uh, if you're a company or a government uh, is to release it late on a friday but here again you have the local media in the form of kob they know that politicians in the state are not going to be happy to see this news, so why not release it at the last possible moment as we're all looking forward to a restful weekend? This being New Mexico, some, some of us are restful all the time. Uh, interesting, obviously, people not super happy, uh, willing to consider uh, leaving uh, to improve their quality of life. The number goes up, Eddie, from that 60% to 75% for people under 50. So you're talking... Gen X, Millennials, and I guess the, the Zoomer generation, uh, and you briefly mentioned it, Eddie, uh, surveyors asked whether New Mexicans felt they'd leave a better state to the next generation. Uh, only 3 in 10 thought they would. And it's this disconnect between people, some people take it in a humorous way and say how we're last and everything. Some people are angry about it. But this is the first kind of gauge of the sentiment uh, uh, in, in these types of questions that I've seen maybe ever 
Why do you continue to vote the same way? Why do you continue to behave the same way? Why do you continue to embrace the same policies if you're not willing, uh, if you're not willing to make the connection between the depression uh, and the dim view of how things are and what the future might be and the people who are in charge of the status quo and, and I would say uh, status quo here in New Mexico? So it's a point of frustration. And uh, Later in the hour, we're going to get into a, a thing I just did on where the job growth is happening in, in this country. You don't want to get into a, a complete downward spiral, Eddie, because, boy, there are a lot of places in this country that are really thriving. They're, they're confident. They're capitalistic. They're drawing young people. Uh, foreign direct investment is pouring into those states, but New Mexico just doesn't happen to be one of them. Stuck on stupid Eddie and apparently happy to be there. I think uh, there's a couple of other telling points about this, and uh, I would agree with everything that you just said, uh, by the way. And I think uh, a majority of people would also agree with that as well. Um, it's the longest-running joke in the state, and that is, um, yeah, we're last in everything. I mean, literally, you'll, any politician that's running for any office um, will start their stump speech. With, I'm tired of being last. I'm tired of being last. I'm not a politician. I'm not a, like, please. Like, there's only one person uh, that's like that around. Everybody else is uh, ambitious uh, and looking for something, um, and they are no doubt just focused on their little careers, which is ex their political careers, which is exactly the problem with all of this, is we have politicians, you know, who are literally just jumping in, raising money whenever they can and want to run for their uh, name, uh, run to see their name in lights or something. But let me uh, kind of step back and look at this. I think the divide within the data itself. One, this is from the University of New Mexico. So you can call this unbiased. This wasn't a sort of research and polling or uh, I don't know, take your pick for a conservative or a liberal pollster that, that's out there. Uh, this is something that's uh, directly from state-funded University of New Mexico. The Mexico, University of New Mexico is the largest employer in the state of New Mexico. They get no benefit by, by this data. Um, I think the reason why KOB and their editorial staff decided to run it, we have to say, well, I didn't get a news release. Dowd, you didn't get a news release. We don't have any news releases. Likely, this probably came out a week or two ago, okay, at least. And they're like, well, where do we pit, uh, put it? Where do we stick it? And as we're about to get out of uh, school, they don't want this information. Remember, they thrive on this type of thing. And you can't sell unless, unless you can create the idea that, hey, things are good and we're happy and we're in control. The people who control this state right now are very happy with our level of performance. They don't mind it because they get to be, I mean, I've literally known people who've moved to New Mexico. And the main reason why they move is because they can be a very big fish in a very small pond, uh, which is why you have a lot of people who, you know, uh, obviously, Martin Heinrich, people who move from other states and like, oh, I could run for uh, office in the state of New Mexico, you know. So you have uh, what are called carpetbaggers, uh, people who don't have anything. Uh, and, and with that being said, they like to try out their D.C. policies and their liberal policies right here. And, you know, we become this bit of a test tube, I think, for uh, the rest of the country in terms of testing out these policies. So with all that being said, the, the point that I'd like to kind of, after agreeing with what Dowd says, and you likely agree as well the thing that I, the point i'd like to make is this is the culture we are now created we have now created we have created this culture i think as intrinsic to this uh, culture of the state of new mexico as <laughs> you know soap is burritos balloons beer ipa is a culture of failure failed sports teams, failed um, opportunities like Virgin Galactic and Netflix, failure, 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 failure. 
please tell me what thing, and this is why it's so irritating to watch people, you know, who uh, jump on things like start bagging, start bragging, you know, like, what would you like to brag about? You know, and, and I start, and I, by the way, I peered a little bit uh, closer into the curtains of all that. Oh, well, it, it helps when, you know, you're dating like, or you're with the most successful CEO in the entire state. Uh, of Dion's Pizza, you know, who gave the commencement speech. And oh. I was like, oh, this is very interesting. Now I'm starting to understand. So we're going to upsell everything. And, you, you know, if anybody has a monopoly on the market for pizza, it's Dion's Pizza. You, it, like, you only, you literally, it's like Coke. No, it is. It's like <laughs> Coke. Yeah, yeah. It's like, does uh, everyone say, hey, you got some Cokes? Well, that's all we know, right? It's like, no, we, we have we have soft drinks, and we have Pepsi, and we have 7-Up, and we have uh, Mountain Dew, and, like, it's a very strange thing to say. And New Mexico, like, has one person for jobs. That's, like, like anything that's the government. <laughs> Do you see where I'm kind of going with this? Yeah, we have one yeah. Democrat party. Like, we don't have a diversity of choices. And if anybody should leave the plantation, the metaphor here, but it is true, we have this plantation mentality where we're okay with failure within the ago. And so I kind of want to take this a, a step further and well where are jobs being created what are things happening it started because people are picking up and they are leaving had the lost decade in the state of new mexico how could you call anything a success we looked at the forecast for populations in 2035 and 2040 i think we're at 2.1 million arizona by an entire albuquerque by an entire Albuquerque in four years. And guess where everybody is going? They're all going to Arizona and never looking back. And everybody is running Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the people who stay it as a running joke. I'm tired of that. I hate it. I cannot stand it. Okay? It's one of the reasons why I wanted to be your mayor, because we would have gone out and we would have sold this place. I tell everybody I know about Albuquerque and how much I love it, and now you can never leave. But I'm also having a very, very difficult time making the sale when we see stat after stat, fact after fact, uh, every uh, box and every single ridiculous thing. I mean... I doubt there was another place. You want to talk about the shootings up in Buffalo? Or you want to talk about all these things that are happening everywhere else? What about the Mother's Day shooting there? Okay, and I don't care if it was a quote-unquote domestic. Was anybody else, uh, you know, it, not all the novenas in the world and all the churchgoers in the world that we supposedly have here in the state of New Mexico, that uh, an entire state built around the culture, culture of church, uh, could have prevented that, any of that from happening. So I, I want to happen, have this discussion, open this up. I think... One of the things that I'm seeing, too, is I think we need to get more people to talk about this, which requires your input, okay? Because when I see this, three of five, I see every single person that, that's listening to us, and I'm not going to have a radio station. Why? Well, because all of our listeners are going to have to say, well, I was listening to Eddie, and then I picked up and I moved. <laughs> because, you know, and, and I'm like, well, that, that, that's not going to bode well for me. I don't like that. I don't think Dowd wants to, you know, do that. We don't, we don't, we don't run this radio station to to hear ourselves talk. I mean, but the thing is, just literally, you know, like Jerry Maguire, uh, cloaked in failure, and that's exactly what we have. We've now accepted that that failure as a point in fact. You know, my sister, she doesn't live in the state of New Mexico. I'm sad about that. You know, we have many people who pick up and leave, and they don't want to be in New Mexico any longer. We need to give that people something back. And this type of thing, 6 and 10, is not a good thing uh, for us to for us to be uh, having to point out. And the University of New Mexico, they were very, very good, very good in uh, getting this information out. And I want to talk more about it. When we return, 
from break. Uh, and by the way, uh, we got Eric Manning, the control room. And uh, I appreciate you uh, stepping in here for uh, today and tomorrow's show. Uh, Eric, we'll be back uh, on Wednesday uh, in studio, so that'll be cool. And Dowd's all ramped up with his uh, new uh, earpiece, so that's pretty cool. So we're pretty happy about that. But we'd love to take a few phone calls um, after our next segment. So wait, and we'll open up the phone lines after the next segment that I talk with Dowd for the next 15 minutes about where jobs and opportunities are being created. And guess where they're being created? In the state of Arizona, like crazy. Now, you might have a, a very sensitive and a very, uh, oh, dare I say it, uh, questionable housing market here. It's impossible to buy uh, a house here. But I'll tell you, it is absolutely uh, something that has been off the wall crazy. Uh, and so people need to pay attention to you know some of the stats and this data because the facts don't lie. People are leaving New Mexico. And it's not just because their homes are burning down. 260 in all uh, homes have burned down in New Mexico. So uh, there you go. 550-5500 after our next segment. If you want to go ahead and text in, you can uh, text in as well at 505-550-5500. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this afternoon right here on The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, back and forth. That's some good stuff right there with my guy. 431 here in the Kiva. And uh, we're going to find out where all the jobs are. Uh, we will take your calls uh, to wrap the hour here and kind of see what, what you're thinking uh, out there. love to hear from maybe one or two of you. That's probably all the times that we have uh, time for. Um, can you guys hear me? I feel that's a thumbs up. Yes? All right. Good deal. All right. Um, these three stooges imply your, uh, inspire your trust. Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos invested in lab-produced breast milk, preventing the effects of climate change. Like, we got to have a talk, conservatives, about this breast milk thing. Seriously, you guys are off your rockers. And this Glenn Beck thing this morning, I don't know if you guys were listening to Glenn Beck this morning, but my God. You had a woman who basically outed her daughter within her school district. She was going full-on Karen and about about all the things that are being taught in a, her school. I'm like, well, why are you sending your kids to these schools? Why are you so, like, take, yeah, exactly. Just take them out. Stop whining about it. And now the the, the child that you were, were hoping wasn't going to be transgender or homosexual or guess guess what? She's going to she's gonna be only transgender or homosexual, whatever she chooses to be, to rebel against you. That's what kids do when you don't foster their development and you out them on national radio. You don't out your family on national radio. 
Like you don't call in about, well, you know, and then literally almost to the geocode is what they did. It was so ridiculous. And all I could think of is all of the kids' parents who listen to Glenn Beck are going to go tell their kids, do you know so-and-so? Isn't her mom's name so-and-so? And isn't she, she got on Glenn Beck and talked about this, this, and like, Oh, and then the fake whining that was going on by Glenn Beck all morning. I'm like, what is this about? I'm like, Glenn, get, get off of this. Like, you're you're gonna do, you're doing really bad radio because you're sitting here just sitting sit, listening to the whining about the sexualization of your children in in Catholic in in uh, excuse me public schools instead of sending your kids to parochial and Catholic schools or anything else where that stuff is isn't going to be tolerated. You just have to. You have a school choice every single day. So you could choose to do this and stop whining and complaining about it. We as conservatives have a bigger thing to work on, and it's not every single thing that's being taught in a public school, okay? And the breast milk thing, drop it already, literally. I don't want to hear about how, you know, the nefarious plot to go ahead and, and reduce it. You act like we're victims and we already lost the war. I'll tell you what to do. Stick a boob in its mouth. You're set to go, right? My gosh, 550-50-500, that's 550-50-500. Let's see, because they cheat, I'm assuming that's on elections, Eddie Family and I will be moving to Allen, Texas in the next 45 days. That is a state employee, by the way. State employees picking up and leaving. Uh, Eddie, I'm moving to Texas. There you go. You know, I, I've con consistently said to people when I talk to them, I said, you know, you know where's a good place to move? El Paso. Why do I tell them that? Why do I tell them that? Because you can still live in Texas and you can still be close enough to New Mexico and not say that you actually left. I love El Paso. It's just that if I was going to move and, and, and leave Albuquerque, which I'm not, but if I were, that's where the place I would go to, to El Paso. Because I'm too right. Uh, hey, if it's good enough for Richard Branson, I guess it's good enough for any of us, right? There you go. All right, uh, Dowd, where are the jobs? Let's find some jobs and uh, let's see where, where people are, are actually creating private sector jobs. No, we're not talking about a thousand job hiring extravaganza uh, for Michelle Lujan Grisham in the state of New Mexico. I'm talking about actual job creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I have a Again, it's it's good news, bad news. I there's a, a lot of site developers, what site selection magazine and area development magazine, and all these various publications that track uh, corporate headquarters relocations and new factory facilities, and new warehousing facilities, and R and D centers and data centers. And I, I go to these publications once in a while to sort of take my put, put my foot. Well, my toe, if not my whole foot, in the water of uh, of economic development in our country, and. Yeah, you're, if you look at solely New Mexico, you'd get tremendously depressed, but you'd actually get uh, you'd you, you'd be optimistic if you read these 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 news, news releases. And sometimes they come from economic development bureaucracies. A lot of times, governors' offices issue these things to make to crow about you know all the jobs I'm bringing to my state when you know some governors are more effective than others on that front. But uh, you you look at the future of the country. It's like the United States is an etch a sketch, and you're just sort of shaking that etch a sketch. And things are just flowing to the the south and over to the west. Although I think there's a barrier now at the Arizona California border where uh, all the uh, it just it just collects there. It doesn't go on into Southern California because California is encountering just tremendous tremendous problems. So I took a look at just one month of announcements of investments tracked by uh, Area Development Magazine. So I didn't include expansions. I just looked at greenfield investments. Uh, the, a lot of these or most of these or maybe all of these are, are competitively bid where companies are looking. We want to start up a new facility. Who's gonna? What states can offer us the most uh, 
Yes, most states, all states offer corporate welfare packages, but they're also looking for all the other things, quality of life for your employees, transportation infrastructure, low taxes, all that other stuff. The states that got uh, more than one of these investments, I, I got 37 of these in total for the month of April, uh, double, more, more than one, uh, this is the list of states that got more than one, Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, uh, Michigan, uh, a rare north northern state, uh, South Carolina, and the number one state uh, claiming the most of these investments in the month of April on Area Development's website was our neighbor to the immediate west, Arizona. They took more than any other state, six of these investments. So we're going to kind of disaggregate all this data and look at and look at you know where they're going, uh, why they're why they're potentially being attracted to these states. Funny thing about big states, you know, now you'd think, well, California and New York and Florida and Texas, you know, they're they're going to grab everything. Yes, uh, some of those big states grabbed a couple of these, but four of America's top ten population states: Illinois, Ohio, California, New York got zero zero investments in april i mean when you're, you're talking about tens of millions of people live in those states and they got zero zero investments uh high cost you know new york and california coastal elite high regulation high cost states south carolina punched above its weight grabbed four four of these projects with just 5.2 million people uh south carolina is uh it's it's a very interesting place uh Confederate state, I think one of the first states to secede from the Union. They're, I think, by population or by share of population, they have more people who served in the military than any other state. Uh, it's kind of a, a lot of crazy folks. I think uh, back in the mid-19th century, someone said uh, it's too big to be, it's too small to be a state, but too big to be an insane asylum. But South Carolina does economic development very, very well. Right-to-work status now. I've, I've been tracking this, and we look at a lot of different categories in this post posting, not just right-to-work, but... Uh, let me uh, let me let me explain how that broke down. <clears throat> of the 37 investments being made uh, in April, 35 are in right-to-work states, and in terms of the jobs being projected to be created at those investments, uh, at those greenfield sites or those corporate relocations, 98.6. Hey, 98.6. It's good to have you. 98.6 of the jobs, projected jobs, to be created with these investments, the associated jobs right to work 98.6 please tell me right to work status doesn't matter for economic development i know that's what they believe in santa fe uh not so much when uh, the rubber meets the road now uh, i'm not a partisan but i did take note of the par partisan composition of the governor's offices and the state legislatures state legislators republican governors uh believe it or not uh, pennsylvania had a couple of projects michigan had a couple of con uh, projects uh kentucky still has a democratic governor I, I think the future of the democratic party in kentucky is not great so they actually took 13 uh state uh, 13 projects the democratic governors the republicans took 24 so governors come and governors go usually the trends at the state legislature level, level a little are a little more sticky <clears throat> 35 of the 37 investments are in states where the legislature is controlled entirely by Republicans. This is something that uh, the Republican Party should be crowing about. Uh, only Maryland, which is, has both chambers controlled by Democrats, and Virginia, which has one chamber Democrat and one chamber Republican, uh, posted any of these investments at all. So again, 35 out of 37 chose Republican legislatures, full legislatures where they control, the GOP controls both houses. Um, 
it, it, all things being all things being equal, Republicans at the state level, Eddie, are less inclined to pass big government programs and hike taxes than Democrats are. I mean, there's a lot of sellout Republicans, but I'm saying if you're if you're just going to go an all in coast to coast look, the GOP is tend to be less tends to be less enthusiastic about big government than the Democrats and the GOP legislatures killed it killed it when it came to these investments. Thirty five out of thirty seven. Okay, the Sun Belt, something Kevin Phillips was writing about. In the late 1960s, the future of the country, it's going south and it's going west from, from the northeast, like a reverse L. 21 of those 37 investments are flowing into the Sun Belt. Uh, they like right to work and they like good weather, <laughs> our investors and, and corporations. And again, really stings because Arizona was the best example of a right to work Sun Belt state taking six of those investments. One, and I'll read you the description of what this company does because Eddie, I still can't understand it. Uh, they are moving from California to Arizona. They're bringing a thousand jobs with them. It's called Sendoso. What they do is integrate digital and physical sending strategies. They help companies increase the effectiveness of their existing go-to-market programs and improve their relationships with customers. I have no idea what any of that means. All I know is Arizona is picking up a thousand corporate headquarters jobs. And you know, at corporate headquarters, not a lot of minimum wage jobs there. Those tend to be executive level jobs, very you know good paying jobs. And uh, Arizona is picking up that. The Arizona is also picking up another uh, uh, back battery factory. It was a big big month for battery factories. Factories. A lot of companies are going big on electric cars. Maybe it'll pay off. Maybe it won't. But there's a battery factory coming into Arizona. They're promising two thousand eight hundred jobs uh, at our neighbor to the west. Almost a third of these oh, investments... By the way, Dow, not to interrupt you, but you, you could you could win an election on news like that in the state of New Mexico. Yeah. Oh, 2,800 jobs? Absolutely. Uh, foreign direct investment. I know uh, we have our critics of free trade. A third of these investments are coming from foreign governments. Uh, the UK, the Czech Republic, Japan, South Korea, Vietnam. So we're still getting a lot of interest from abroad to make manufacturing uh, plants and facilities here in America because it's even cheaper to do it here than it is in some of these really, really high-cost places in the developed world uh, in Europe and in Asia. So that's good to know. Good to know that the foreign foreign countries are still seeing us positively. Of course, New Mexico did not get any of these investments, not one. There were 37 in all. Generally speaking, they like less government. They like higher quality of life. They like the Sun Belt. They like right-to-work status. And New Mexico, just other than wonderful weather, it's great that we have the wonderful weather we do. We just don't offer what these other states offer. And I'll, I'll read the, the list of the, the states again that performed, uh, that got multiple investments. Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Michigan, South Carolina, Arizona, uh, Texas, and Florida each had one. They didn't get into, they didn't get into beyond just a single investment. But there's nothing inherently wrong with new mexico we are in a good part of the country we have wonderful weather uh there's no we're we're, we're, we're positioned as, as i always say all of our neighbors are thriving we're positioned in the american southwest there's nothing if you just looked at a map and looked at it from space there's nothing wrong with new mexico in fact you can make some arguments that we're, we have some assets, but we consistently, consistently, consistently shoot ourselves in the foot, making us uh, as uh, as undesirable uh, as we possibly can be. We need to get in the game. I hate to use a sports metaphor. Uh, we need to get into the game and subsidizing Netflix and subsidizing Richard Branson, not getting it right. done, Eddie. And and listen, mm -hmm. I you know I'm an American. I want our country mm -hmm. to thrive. And so many people say, "Oh, America doesn't make anything," and we're deindustrializing, de and uh, the middle class is disappearing in our country. 
when you read these announcements, and I do this all the time from the site selection magazines, uh, we still make a hell of a lot of things in this country. There's still a hell of a lot of opportunity in this country. It's just my own native Connecticut, New Mexico, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and California are are, are acting as repellents to where this where these investment flows want to go. The money's out there. The risk takers are out there. The opportunities are being created in our country. Why can't New Mexico latch on to that and join the club of these other states I've been talking about? It's not that it isn't happening. Again, as I read this, I'm depressed as hell about New Mexico, but it actually, Eddie, makes me happy to see that so much of our country continues to thrive and these jobs are being created and, and private dollars are being risked on these various uh, adventure, well, you know, economic adventures, capitalistic uh, attempts to make a buck, uh, whether it's warehousing, logistics, IT, you know, whatever, uh, manufacturing facilities, corporations. Great to see a company leaving California, coming to Arizona. Sad to see them not coming to New Mexico. There's still a hell of a lot of opportunity in this country, Eddie. Boy, I sure wish people in New Mexico, the decision makers, could realize that there is opportunity out there and we could be in on this if we had a smarter approach. Well, to put it in a broader perspective and great work uh, once again, it's one of the reasons why you need to subscribe directly at rockoftalk.chat. Now, let me, let me say this. In the broader perspective of everything, we're headed towards an economic recession and a downturn with increased interest rates. So the boat for New Mexico, unfortunately, has sailed. Okay, so there is zero chance for us. And I'm telling, uh, you know, this is the hard truth. As hard as it's going to be for other states, they're going to be able to cushion the blow a little bit better. Uh, for the recession that's coming for New Mexico, it's going to take a little bit longer to hit the state of New Mexico because of the insulation that comes from the government. So, you know, they know this. It's, it's easy to plan for this type of thing. So the downturn for New Mexico, sadly, isn't going to be in 22 or 23. Uh, sadly, the downturn for New Mexico is going to be in 24, where you're going to see a complete and total rising of uh, people wanting to change the culture. You cannot change the culture unless you change out your politician. You still are running around with these smelly, dirty Democrats who are literally destroying the state and burning it and fiddling while Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, gets married this Saturday up in Washington, D.C. She is also going to be at the very same time uh, presiding over the largest fo forest fire in the history of the United States, in the history of New Mexico, and, uh, and one of the most undisturbed, natural, uh, uh, glorious places in the United States, which is northern New Mexico, uh, in the uh, enchanted circle that's there. So these are things to pay attention to, uh, while at the very same time just looking at the very distinct uh, uh, qualities and characteristics that Dowd pointed out. Jobs went to right-to-work states with the exception of two, two investments, 35 of 37. Uh, Dow did mention that uh, California landed one corporate job. Every single one of those that uh, states that he listed off that they went to, every single one of those states, with the exception of, of California, is red. All the investments happened in Republican-dominated states. So if you want the same old, same old, if you want the culture of failure and you want you know, to keep things where, where you are and you want to Joe Monahan it and say, yeah, we're totally good here. We're, we're good with this. We're, we're federally dependent. Uh, we don't want any more growth. Growth is bad. We don't want people to move in. People are bad. We don't want money to move in. Money is bad. Uh, but, but we do want to go ahead and create Red Nation, and we do want to go ahead and uh, teach uh, sexualization in schools, and we want the archbishops and 
and the uh, the priests to go ahead and sexually abuse kids. We want to have the highest murder rate in the entire country, despite no population growth. Like, all, if you want all those things, you can you can have that uh, for you, New Mexico. But people, it's really easy to make the choice, knowing that. There's an additional 2,800 jobs in just one corporate relocation. And site selectors, we would be at the very top of the list. And let me tell you why. There's a, there's a very specific reason why New Mexico would be at the top of the list of every site selection. And it's not no 300, you know, uh, sunshine days a year or, you know, quality of schools or any of that kind of stuff. Let me tell you why. Labor costs. We are one of the, that what every site selection thing when they when they look at sites, and I know I knew sites uh, site selectors in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. When they look at that, it's all about labor economics. The problem that you have, uh, and this is this is the horrible part about the city of Albuquerque, uh, is they keep trying to pass this sort of almost employees' rights uh, act every single year. Any business that's looking to relocate here will literally stop if that's even anywhere. If that's even out there being advertised as something that, you know, the employees have the ability, like what happened with uh, Malone, not Maloney's, the uh, place that was on uh, on Knob Hill that's vacant, along with like half of Knob Hill. It was a big beer place that was there. You had one person suing for tips for like getting $1.8 million um, because she wasn't paid right. I can't hire interns in my business because interns are basically illegal in the state of new mexico if you have an intern you have to pay them as an employee do you know that well if you do know that it's because you've had a run-in with the department of labor and anybody can report anyone to say that you owe me this money you are literally entitled to that money there is no quote-unquote volunteering or interning for anybody you have to treat and pay them as employees so these are little small qualities that might not mean very much to you but in a state like arizona or in a state like colorado or a state like excuse me like texas or in a state like nevada here's what you don't see you don't see them having problem attracting uh, talent uh, or people who provide uh, jobs because they have an environment that literally creates the opportunities and that, that handshake is created which allows their cities to grow they increase their tax base they have people who are happy not only do they have uh, higher property taxes higher sales taxes um, but they have by and large generally like nevada and texas no personal income tax yes folks no personal income tax you know we could the take for personal income tax in the state of new mexico you know what that 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 could be yeah, it doesn't have to be anything because we inherited $27.4 billion or $26.4 billion from the federal government. We could have gone on tax holiday and tried 10 years without a state income tax just to see what that would look like. But instead, nope, the government's got to get paid. we got to continue to grow it. we got to increase the budget. And yet again, they're going to sit there and tell you that we have a surplus. The only reason we have a surplus has nothing to do with the state of New Mexico. It has everything to do with the amount of money we get from the federal government. So great stuff, Dowd. I think that's uh, right to work. Red states, that's where the jobs are. And your neighbor, which is... A state older or state younger than than New Mexico. I think it's February fourteenth, nineteen twelve for Arizona uh, versus January sixth, nineteen twelve for New Mexico, forty seven and forty eight respectively. Uh, Arizona is gangbusters, and here's the thing: it will continue to be that way because of the environment that they've set up. Every place needs to be either Florida, Arizona, or Texas in that order.
Eddie, final point about our friend to the west, a uh, place you've spent a lot of your time. Uh, I've been there, uh, friendly, nice folks, bordering California, which is a basket case. The Republican legislature just passed a flat, they're phasing in a flat 2.5% personal income tax rate, which is actually going to be lower. That rate, that flat 2.5% rate, is actually going to be lower than their lowest bracket rate right now. That is big time. It's not the elimination of the income tax, but it is a big, big step in the right direction. Arizona doing more and more smart things to attract investment. New Mexico just getting dumber and dumber. One of the things that Arizona understands is that flight. That's that's huge. That's seismic. That changes the whole game. Now, for many of the snowbirds that come from the Midwest and they're choosing between Arizona and New Mexico, New Mexico is never going to be in the running. Based upon that alone, these people are going to look at that that capped uh, personal income tax in the state of Arizona. And they're going to say, I'll choose Arizona all day. Heck, some people that we're listening to right now, they say, you know what? I can't go to Texas. I can't go here, but I can move to Arizona. That You're going to move to Arizona. You don't care how hot it is because there's nothing better than keeping more of your money. And the state shouldn't be entitled to all of that money. Uh, you And they, they see it as a complete and total entitlement. We're not going to have a tax base, uh, folks, <laughs> in the state of New Mexico. So uh, uh, Eddie, there you one go. month and two weeks from today, the Healthy Workplaces Act goes into effect in New Mexico. That is mandated paid leave. Uh, and I think uh, it's for illness, injury, family issues, absences due to domestic abuse and assault. Uh, private employers, regardless of size, will have to uh, award one hour of paid sick leave per 30 hour uh, for 30 hours work. July 1st, one more reason to not come to New Mexico. Yeah. Oh, my God. We've... Uh... Well, uh, you know, we're trying as hard as we can, Dow, to kind of hold them off, and, and they just don't want to do it. I mean, if we don't get a win this year with everything, you might as well feed New Mexico to the dogs. Uh, I, I literally, the last thing that I ever want to do is have to contemplate living any other place. But if you're in private industry and you don't work for the state of New Mexico or the city of Albuquerque or the federal government and contracted, you're looking, you're looking to move. In fact, uh, if you could... If there's a possibility for them to have drilled down a little bit further on that information instead of through age and gender, which is I think is what they did in the KOB Channel 4 sampling, who's thinking about I would say it's 100% of people who work for private companies in the state. Was, is that, that a fair assessment to say? Or, or <laughs> Why people... would you ever leave if you got the hookup? <laughs> yeah, there it is. They got the hookup. Someone's got to pay for their jobs now. The job is coming. I know. The, you know what's great about the government? It's always going to be there for you. That's it. My grandma, my grandma's grandma, she worked, and I got the job. It's good. I don't need – it's okay. They'll hire you with that. You just get your GED, no, and everything's all good. All right. Back after the top of the hour news, uh, we'll take uh, calls and comments and everything uh, like that in uh, hour number two just for you and me in the Dow Makes 3, 3,000, right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Thanks, everybody.
For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro aggressive. 505 in the 505. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Hour 2 coming at you, and hopefully uh, it is coming through loud and clear. Don't forget you can catch us on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. And then, of course, download our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com uh, here in the Kiva. How does it uh, How does it sound, gentlemen? How is it sounding? Nice and clear? Five by five. There we go. I love the five by five quote. I don't know where it is from, but uh, there it is. Well, we covered forest fires. We covered people picking up and leaving. We covered why they're leaving and, uh, you know, the inability for the state of New Mexico to elect the right people. But is the problem actually at the polls? Is the problem that no matter what we choose, we're always never going to choose a uh, Republican. This is a big year uh, for politics. There's no doubt about it. I think name recognition uh, probably goes a hell of a long way. Uh, the leading candidate for the Republican side actually has uh, a lot to say about that. You also have a lot of money being raised by uh, he and his operation. And then you have a um, uh, some other uh, candidates uh, that are running Oh, yeah. So clear you can hear mouse clicks. You can hear Dowd's mouse clicks. I'm not clicking any mouse. I'm just, it's just me talking, folks. I almost, I almost don't, don't, don't do anything. Um, so I would probably say like there is a good opportunity with the state in as bad a shape as it in. But we have to continue to amplify things from this angle. And that's not me being negative. That's just me pointing out, hey, look at what's happening. And Dowd pointing out, look at what's happening. But let me tell you, this is... Um, an opportunity, I think, not to be missed. So how do we capitalize on it? So we'll open up the phone lines uh, on that. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, take some phone lines. Make sure that the uh, delay is on there, Eric. I appreciate that. And the red button is uh, to go ahead and dump. So if you want to test your metal, uh, you certainly can do that. And we can uh, dump you all together. But um, I think it's incumbent upon us to really find it. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I really think it's, a, it's incumbent upon us to find the opportunity the opportunity that's here. Um, and the opportunity is that uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham and the Democrats are entirely responsible for the state that's in. Now, you've got to continue to talk about, instead of leaving it, loving it, and what you're going to do to stay and fight for it. That's what we did when we ran the mayoral campaign for Fight for 505, which I thought was really uh, going. And you've got you know several candidates who are fighting, but you cannot fight without resources. So if your candidate isn't raising the money needed to go ahead and fight Michelle Lujan Grisham, well, you got a problem. And I, and I would probably say at this point, you know, a preemptive strike by the Ron Ketty campaign would go some ways towards really, you know, calling her out during this election week. I hope that uh, him and his company uh, uh, the, that he keeps uh, decide that this is the time to go ahead and, and fire some of those missives, uh, if you will. And no, it's not going to be based upon CRT and not going to be based upon you know, sex. But people just aren't paying attention. That's not going to move the needle. Okay. It might move the needle a little bit within the Republican party, but even then, as uh, one of the callers pointed out from the call this morning is that 
people are going to do school choice anyway. We've saw a huge decline in the enrollment to the Albuquerque public school system, more than 5,000 students. We've seen a huge decline in the enrollment in, in Santa Fe. So what is it, where does it inevitably lead? What should the focus be? The focus should be on corporate welfare. The focus needs to be on what we've done for Netflix, what we've done for Virgin Galactic, what we've done and how often we failed. I mean, you could even go back as far as shots solar, if you will, and talk about that miss. Uh, like these are economic, uh, quote unquote, investments that never have paid the bills. You can go to the rail runner. You can go to they tried to really paint it with Richard Berry, uh, which is the uh, the bus, whatever that, whatever you can call that. I don't even know what you call it. Um, the, the Chinese uh, bus line that we were installing. Build your dreams. Whatever. I don't even know what it was. So, so let's, let's see if we can go ahead and talk a little bit about that from that standpoint, what you're choosing to do and how you're going to do it. And maybe where you see the opportunity, let's try to phrase it positively. Uh, if we can 550, 5500, that's 550, 5500 at the top of the hour. Um, on a federal level, you can see them already cracking down on free speech so uh the second amendment uh you think the attack would be immediate that's going to take a lot longer instead of what federal authorities are doing because of the shooting both in los angeles and again the shooting in uh buffalo is they're going after people online for things that they have said or might have said or implied <clears throat> that's where we're, that's where the democrats want us to be in this country they're looking for other things to complain about. And if we're going to be successful at selling and selling our line, which I don't think needs a whole lot of convincing. I mean, it is it is true. We know that, that where the Democrats will take us. Um, that's only one, one direction that's negative. We know where the Republicans could take us. Uh, as long as we're not focused on a Pennsylvania ele election with Donald Trump leading the way for Dr. Oz, the uh, pro-abortion candidate, uh, pro-mask, pro-vast, pro-abortion candidate uh, to get elected. And I think that will be okay. He was uh, doing that for three hours. I cannot wait for that Pennsylvania primary to be over tomorrow. Um, if the other candidate should win, whatever her name is, who didn't respond to our photos about, um, you know, her opponent dr oz being at a, a gay gay nuptials with michelle luhan grisham then maybe they don't deserve to be elected either but we'll see what happens i can say a little bit of conservative is better than no conservative uh is better than no republican and i should say um uh, someone who's liberty-minded i think uh at that people to enjoy their uh freedom so we'll just sort of uh, leave it there i caught up on a lot of reading over the weekend as i do and um one of the things that uh, I happened to be reading was our response on COVID, Dowd. And it's the, all the whining, all the complaining that you get in every single, you know, uh, the Atlantic was there talking about it. They're starting to talk about uh, different results in different parts of the country right now with increased number of people who are being infected, regardless of the number of times that they've been back. It's like, how do you spin this? Well, they're trying. They're doing their very best. And um, there was another article that I was uh, uh, reading a little bit earlier. Uh, same exact thing. The states that, that care about your health. And it's like they've only been talking to themselves. They're not talking to anybody else. And doubt I'm sure you've been capturing uh, and seeing a lot of that. But if you're still seeing people in masks, you need to tell them to listen to this radio station. We don't need the people who are running around in four by fours and flying Trump flags and flying all that. 
that's not the, the, the people we need to, to please, okay? We need to get the messages out to these other people who are inundated with NPR, 89.1, 89.9, you know, all the other corporate uh, people who are uh, advocating for the Black Lives Matter stuff as well. We need to get them to start listening because I don't think they realize that there's a whole other part of this narrative. And it's literally woven in every single issue that is out there. Every single issue that's out there, if they find a way to go ahead and flip the script on us, that's where we're losing. There's not enough of me to go around. There's not enough of what we talk about to really go around and sort of change the culture. So I hope that you guys can share a lot of what you're hearing and seeing here and get it out to people because we need to wake people up. The state's in, in peril. Uh, like it's never been before. And uh, we aren't going to survive this uh, next recession by focusing on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the rights of, of, of these people versus those people, your right to smoke pot or your right to go ahead and, you know, uh, be more socially liberal. So that's just not going to move the lead needle. 550, 50, 500. That's 550, 50, 500. Uh, by the way, JetBlue is uh, redoubling its efforts on Spirit Airlines. Well, why does that matter? Well, because Spirit Airlines just stated that they are going into Albuquerque International Airport. It's not an international airport, by the way. And um, this is a, kind of an interesting thing because they're not taking no for an answer. Spirit originally rejected them, and now JetBlue is insisting on being here. What do we know about JetBlue? They're not big fans of Albuquerque. No, they're not. They stopped their service from uh, Albuquerque to JFK uh, for a time, and then they reduced their service. So uh, we basically have like two airlines flying out of New Mexico, it feels like. Maybe three. depends upon the days that Frontier are going to be uh, flying in. But JetBlue is going hostile because it's competing with Frontier, and we need more choices in Southwest because I don't know if anybody's looked at a plane ticket as of late. But my gosh, are they expensive compared to where they were a year ago, two years ago, even three years ago. Now, they are overall coming down. But if we don't have choices and every just just in case you thought it was cheaper to fly out of Albuquerque or fly into Albuquerque, it is not. The airport taxes are pretty high. Uh, the landing fees are pretty high. And Southwest isn't having to compete with anybody. So before we were going to get Spirit, Frontier, all JetBlue, you know, Southwest, all these other airlines, we're going to be like, a, it's not going to be too long, especially with our passenger count, before we're like a two-airline uh, airport. Forget it being Albuquerque International Airport, you're not going to be able to fly out of Albuquerque because you're only going to have one or two companies that are going to do it, and they're going to make you pay through the nose to do it. That's the problem with this. So uh, here you go. JetBlue's $3.6 billion offer on the uh, Florida budget carrier, which is uh, Spirit Airlines, um, isn't, it wasn't good enough. Um, it's offering uh, JetBlue stock went down 5%. Frontier climbed 7%, and Spirit jumped 13%. But you know it would be nice if all three of these airlines uh, pretty much, especially after receiving all that federal money that they received, that they continue to go ahead and uh, stay independent. Um, so that's about the notes that I have to kind of kick off uh, hour two uh, here in the Kiva Dowd. Well, Eddie, I, I was going to comment on your uh, your your statement about uh, the disgrace the disgraceification of, of America, the the attempt to uh, bring back uh, Rona fear porn. Uh, one of the items in the Daily Blast today was really interesting, and I I don't. 
I never cite polls to explain what's right or wrong. I couldn't care less about what people think about things. Most people are badly, badly uninformed. But I think it's interesting to look at polls in terms of where, what people are thinking, the issues that they care about, and the things, the issues that will mo motivate what the campaigns are uh, moving forward. And this was done late April through the first of May, uh, and I, I, I don't, I doubt the numbers have changed all that much. And so they looked at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So the twelve issues where Americans say that this issue matters. Of It's a very big, quote, a very big problem, close quote, for the country. The, coronas, the coronavirus outbreak ended up 12 out of 12, with only 19% of people saying it is a very big problem problem for the country. I'm I, I'm skeptical that no matter what the numbers say, no matter what the, the hospital rates are, that they're really going to ever be able to shove us back uh, into uh, into the pod and have us eat the bugs because we're all afraid of, of the germ. The big five, Eddie, and these this, I think, bodes predominantly well, uh, why we're seeing the polls we are uh, for the midterms. Inflation, 70% of the people polled a very big problem. Um, I'm surprised it's that low, but 70% is still, a, still pretty big. Uh, this one kind of shocked me because uh, we don't talk about this anymore. I think it, it seems like both sides have declared a truce and they're not hitting each other with it anymore. The affordability of health care, 55% consider it a very big problem that's only uh, second only to inflation in our country as of uh, late uh, April and the first day of May 2022. Uh, now, the next two are kind of bound together, I would say, violent crime and gun violence. 54% uh, say it's a very big problem. 51% uh, say it's a very big problem. Uh, I humbly suggest that the party's more that is more identified with defund the police and uh, our poor little criminals, we have to coddle them, probably not going to do as well as the law and order party. So that's uh, one, two, three, four. And the fifth and I know, I know it's nice that people think this, but they're never going to do anything about it because we all love our welfare. The federal budget deficit at 51%. Uh, again, 12 out of 12 in terms of rated the lowest uh, uh, people's concern. The coronavirus outbreak, 42%. Uh, I can't believe this one. Uh, it's number six is climate change. But when you disaggregate, when you take that number out, it's 63% of Democrats consider climate change a very, very big problem. Republican down at 16. So that, that's heavily dominated uh, by your average Corleño uh, person at, uh, again, 42% of people think it's a very big problem. So coronavirus, Eddie, 12 out of 12, only 19% of people consider it a very big problem. Inflation, 70% uh, considering it a very, very big problem. People are worried much more about those t countertop kitchen table, uh, you know, George W. Bush, how do you put food on your family uh, issue? No matter how much Dr. Disgrace would love to bring back the fear porn, um, once you get down to numbers this bad, Eddie, I think it would take something really extraordinary for people to start panicking about the Rona again. Yeah, there's no other about that. I'm glad that that was done. I think I'm more concerned about the cost of traveling, period, especially as we embark upon Memorial Day and the limited amount of uh, travel you know, that we have in uh, New Mexico due to the forest fire. So I think those are the things that I'm concerned about. Uh, you might say those as first world problems. I just have never seen, you know, travel be this expensive. Inflationary pressures and all the various other things. People are trying to get out and do stuff. And, you know, when you have people locked in, there is a mental health aspect to this is, 
Dowd, you had a great year last year, largely because you got to go ahead and work and be out on the road and uh, visit with your family. You know, those little pressure releases that people get and when it's too expensive for them to do it and they're forced to stay home, not because of uh, Rona or Vax, but because they can't afford to, to, to travel and put $200 of gas in their tank to do a round trip. Uh, to a, an eight-hour uh, visit. Hey, we're going to have a family reunion. Well, I can't really go because, A, I have to work. We just opened. I work in a restaurant. And, B, you know, we've got, I've got uh, to do the round trip. It's 200 bucks, and then I can't afford a hotel because that's $200 a night. Like, you're making it impossible for just normal people and what used to be one of those things that everybody used to contribute in. So I am not surprised to see inflation uh, you know, near the top or at the top of that chart at all. Uh, it is now real, I think. Uh, that has set in. I don't know where the market is uh, today. And, you know, you have, as you stated, the fear porn uh, coming from uh, the left. This was on The Guardian. Of course it was. Uh, the failure of an American ideology. Why COVID has an outsized impact on the U.S. And who are they blaming directly? Well, Republicans. Well, you know what? Nobody sees COVID as a problem. According to this, <laughs> the outsized impact just has to do with reason and accountability and the fact that we need to take care of our own health ourselves. It's a simple thing. Your health is your responsibility. If you decide to go ahead and shoot up drugs and all that, you can't expect the government to come and bail you out. If you decide to go ahead and, you know, get ways to get plastic or, or you know, just eat a bunch of junk food all day and you get uh, over obese and, you know, you, that's not our problem. That's your problem. That's part of the problem why, why so many of us have been upset with Obamacare right from the very beginning because we don't want to stick that in a pool of people where we're ultimately responsible. So, you know, I think there's just so many things that are far more important than the worry about social distancing and whether or not, you know, the, uh, the, the and this is exactly why Michelle Lujan Grisham decided to go ahead and open everything up. Remember, she just, by the snap of her fingers, opened everything up because she knew that finally people had had enough and they knew that none of this stuff was fake. I mean, just listen to some of the lines in this particular uh, thing uh, from The Guardian. The problems in U.S. society and healthcare that lead to high death toll predate the pandemic. Uh, almost 4,000 spending comes from higher payments to hospitals for inpatient and outpatient hospital care. And then you have uh, a Karen in here. Let's see. Almost half of the people who often make little money are black and Hispanic. The understanding saw some nursing homes fail to follow best practices as recommended by the CDC for infection control. Dr. Celine Gounder, an epidemiologist at New York University and editor-at-large for Kaiser Health News. If you have workers who are paid poorly and have difficult working conditions, they're not going to trust the employer as much. So in a crisis, when you have a lack of trust, that's going to create barriers to everyone working in synchronicity to address problems. Let's see. Uh, it, in Somewhere in the article, it blames conservative and Republicans uh, for, for misinformation. Yeah. There it is. It was a disconnect that was only exacerbated by misinformation by Republican leaders undermining of scientists' recommendations. This is more than just a failure of the health system. It's a failure of American ideology. I don't know that anybody followed uh, more of the recommendations coming from the CDC than Donald Trump himself and Burks and Fauci. 
not to mention uh, taking direction from the American people, making sure that we printed out seven trillion dollars worth of worth of uh, of cash for you to kind of go and have. So that's a that's a double back spill that we did not need to take, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But there it is. It's out there and it's leading Apple News. The stuff that's coming through Apple News is just. I mean, and, and just take a kind of a, a responsible smattering of this of the stuff that comes through through Apple News. I, I look at the stuff out and i say to myself okay we'll see just sort of some of the the big stories what are they feeding people and the reason why people are making bad choices is because they're fed bad information here it is first story suspect in buffalo supermarket visited city in march and who do they have there they have uh Benjamin Crump, right there. Ukraine's military gains rise Kiev's war aims as Russia shells eastern cities. FDA comes to agreement with baby formula factory. Trump's sway gets blurred in three-way down to the wire Senate race. Reproductive rights advocates are exploring new ways to fight abortion state bans. What life is like in Ukrainian city? Like, none of this is important or meaningful in any of your lives. The, the shooting has nothing to do with you, okay? Nor should you be that interested in it. What are you going to do? You're going to change your perspective, change your politics? It's just a race card that's being played. The guy was literally programmed and shot out with a 180-page manifesto, which could have been prevented had the FBI been doing its job instead of covering up for all the other stuff that it didn't follow up on and whether you take it, you Hunter Biden, whatever. I've called the FBI. On, on some of this stuff. And by the way, uh, my friend over at True News is no longer there. Uh, his name was Edward uh, Zoll, so I'm not sure what happened there. Something apparently with Mike Lindell's voter, whatever. So, The Ukraine, you know nothing about it. All you know is that the United States has spent $100 billion on Ukraine, practically. It's like 67. And they're looking for more money. Um, when it comes to the, the Trump, Trump's endorsement or anything that happens in Pennsylvania, that's not going to improve your quality of life, nor why do you need to be interested in. It's not going to tell us anything about 2022 either. If you're just there to see whether or not his endorsements do well, well, he's endorsing basically liberals in Dr. Oz. That's what we're looking at now. And then anything regarding the FDA, uh, baby formula factory to resume production. Oh, okay, well, there's the government. You don't need to worry about that because most of you people shouldn't be uh, feeding your children formula anyway. I mean, there you are. You have six <laughs> stories leading the way for Apple News that have nothing, no practical uh, sort of insertion in your own life. So why would you pay attention to that? And the problem is, is we just have bad information hitting these people. We have bad information hitting these people. we got to get them better information, things that they should be focused on. Notice we're not focused on the fires. What could we possibly say about them other than the fact that they didn't talk about the origins, now they're talking about the origins, and they're supposedly going to hold, hold the Forest Service or the Forest um, whatever they are, the Forest Service, uh, uh, you know, accountable for it. You think that's going to happen? You didn't, no way. That isn't going to happen. So, like, stop, stop looking at stuff that doesn't matter. There are things that just don't matter that much. The Ukrainian-Russian war, this is how much it matters. That much. It's called zero. Stop paying attention to it. There's nothing there. It's just all optics. It's just another way to go ahead and get at your money. Let's see. French city allowing burkinis and swimming pools in controversial change. I don't even know what a burkini is other than I know it has something to do with, with Muslims. Why do I care? What, why, is, why is someone going to make that important to me, right? Are we just kind of just you know, go on and on as part of the conversation. Why Tucker Carlson should want the Buffalo Manifesto made public. That's from the Atlantic. Oh my gosh. 
There you go. Of course, we got to frame our conservatives. Chris Rock shares controversial take on Depp Heard trial. Nobody cares about either Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. Why talk about it? I mean, here you go. Let's see. How to create an eco-friendly household. Why do I need to? I'm worried about money. Not worried about saving the earth. I'm worried about saving my ass at this point so I, I can pay bills, right? Let's see. Uh, Ricky Fowler says he's considering playing in Saudi-backed uh, LIV Golf Series, which, of course, is going to be, oh, that's, that's, that's bad news, good news. Jeff Bezos says don't blame the wealthy for high inflation in the White House. Is using distraction tactics. Look, a squirrel, uh, high-ranking House Republican pushes great replacement theory. Like, how could you get anything out of any of those stories? that is going to be useful or why it's important to you here in Albuquerque. There's no practical reason to go ahead and look at that stuff. You have to look at meat and potato stuff. These are distractions that the liberal media creates for you so that you don't focus you don't focus on what is important to you. So the distraction is a projection created by them while they're saying, oh, you're the one who's actually distracted. Here's what you need to make uh, important. Here's what you need to prioritize. 550-50-500. That's 550-50-500. We used to have media interpretation here. We used to, like, actually, when Rush was on the air, you know, what he set the tone and set the agenda, when he decided what he was going to focus on, he inevitably drove the conversation because he actually focused on things that mattered to people. He wasn't focused on, you know, any of the stuff that was this sort of sideshow. And that's what so many people think that talk radio is about. You know, talk radio, how does three hours of Sean Hannity turn immediately into three hours to, to support a candidate in Dr. Oz? We're almost doing almost zero candidates' uh, interest. We're almost doing, you know, no interviews, no anything. Why? Well, because we haven't got to a point where we really need to focus on the other side. We've got great guys that are running for office. Some can raise money, some can't. And the name of the game, unfortunately, especially in the state of New Mexico, is raising money. That's just the way it is. Money talks and BS walks. Uh, let's, uh, nothing else to say. Let's see. Eddie, as long here's some uh, text to come in. Uh, any callers, Eric? I haven't even bothered to look, and I think I asked for him. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, caller dropped because I made him wait too long. There we go. Uh, Eddie, as long as the Democrats keep stealing the votes and nothing done about it, conservatives will never win an election. But is that actually happening? Are we just going to go ahead and, and feed off of this 2,000 votes and relitigate what happened back in? How does that help me? As much as I love Dinesh D'Souza, how much does it actually help me? When Donald Trump was already in office for four years and could have done so much during the time that he was in office to change the voting. It makes me suspect and is like, well, maybe he benefited from it. We know, of course, he didn't. But, you know, it opens up that line of thinking for these liberals, and we have to be ready. We have to be 10 steps ahead. Donald Trump used to be there until he stopped thinking with his gut. He was so good. He was just had the best natural inclinations when it came to politics. And all of that stuff got disturbed once he moved away from his gut and started relying on what other people were telling him. And I'll tell you the other thing that, that hurts every single politician Wanting to be liked. Don't try to be liked. You're a leader. In order for you to be elected, stop focusing on being liked. Nobody cares. Your ego doesn't need to be stroked by saying what a great person you are. Okay? Obviously, you're a great person or someone thinks you're great enough for, for you to even be considered running. So I would really focus on that. I think these politicians are these uh, newspaper politicians that open up the polls and say, oh, okay, I'll say whatever someone tells me to say or whatever's popular. They're setting the agenda. 
You know, if somebody asked me a question, I would turn it right back to them down and I'd say immediately, well, you know what? I see why you're, why you're asking me that question because you think that, that this is important. But here's what I really want to focus on. You don't have any of these guys that, if you notice, none of them have pivoted. They're mm. horrible at pivoting. Mm-hmm. If you can't pivot on your feet and think on your feet and to reprioritize when you're getting something from a reporter who you're going to govern, by the way, you were going to govern that reporter just like you're going to govern everybody else in New Mexico, and they have a chance to set you up and you don't take them on, you have to embattle with these guys. Why do you think the media didn't want to do that? The moment I got that ethics thing served on me about where I live, I'm like, oh, let's go ahead and examine all the people there. I was there within five minutes. We don't have any pivoting. What we got is we got a lot of moaning, whining, and complaining uh, from candidates over and over, and that is never going to attract anybody uh, into your camp. It immediately just see- a, a quick point on, on, on your sure. before we move on to your, your point about leadership. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because people keep saying I'm in the tank for Mark Ronchetti. Uh, I was on the I was looking around the Twitter accounts of some of the gubernatorial candidates today because the primary is less than less than a month away. Ronchetti, who I expected. With, the, with all the consultants to say, well, abortion's a very complicated issue and we have to respect the rights of women in crisis. He's not backing down on being pro-life. He says, I'm proudly pro-life. And I'm, I'm not used to seeing that from the New Mexico Republican Party. Uh, it, this, this, this is not a time for squishes. You know, you need a warrior. And uh, Ron Kenny, again, uh, not, not doing that pre-programmed, split-the-middle kind of stuff. I'm, I, didn't, I never expected to see a tweet, I'm proudly pro-life and I'm not afraid to, 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 to proclaim it publicly. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we're, we're winnowing out. We're finding the people who are willing to be bold like that. Maybe. I hope. Yeah, I think uh, being straightforward and uh, not having to keep track of what you say or go back into the historical uh, annals of, of anything is, is a good thing. You know, Mark does have some weak points on that, but, you know, uh, once he gets out of the family battle, if he's able to get there, or or Zanetti or Dow, once they're able to get to that point, the fight's out on the field, and you know the party will have to unite with anybody else that's out there. And the other thing too is you've got to kind of keep a congenial appeal. If you don't have that, I mean, my appeal on the radio is nothing like my appeal as a political candidate. Let's not confuse the two. And I think that that's important. Like when you're running for things. You know, he actually has to come down a little bit from his likable weatherman persona to say, hey, you know what? He's got to take on the literally the nastiest SOB in this entire state. You think you're going to win that by being nice? And I know that that's been a lot of uh, Jay Block's attempted appeal. Um, but I got to I got to tell you, I'm, I'm more than concerned, more than concerned when we don't come off as likable. Uh, and congenial, and you've got to have that aspect uh, to you. So people can make up and caricaturize whatever you want. Just don't let you do it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, being sophomoric uh, in your approach to things or being something where you've shown a history of, of sort of belying your your statements um, because of your actions and saying you're the only this or the only that, that's not what people want to hear. They just don't want to know what you can do and have the proof to do it. You have to sell from the positives, not how, hey, the these people are against me and these people are against me you you got to just sell about what your vision is for the future and you know mark ronchetti uh hasn't been in that position as of yet so i think if we can 
you know, sort of uh, consistently see more of this. I think he has a great chance of, of, of getting through, but also has to look a lot like Dowd. The party is all behind one person. I think That's that it. is the the, the, the the key point here because we can't afford four more years of Michelle Lujan Grisham. The state will be over. I think we're we're pretty convinced of that. So um, let's see. There's let's see. Traders at the FBI. There's nothing that was done. Yep. Well, we got that. Let's see. Okay, this from uh, from our favorite guy. Do you want to go and uh, read that? Triple Vax co-worker had to leave today with COVID-19. Triple Vax co-worker had to leave today from Sandia National Labs uh, with COVID-19. Sandia National Labs did not know what to do. Sent her home till you feel better. Then there is the fear porn attached we get every Friday. It's coming directly from Sandia National Labs inside their emails. Updated Sandia masking and serial testing requirements. Here we go. Masks wearing. They are uh, currently on green, which masks not required regardless of vaccination status. Serial testing for unvaccinated employees no longer required. So they are on uh, Sandia, New Mexico, uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, L'Enfant Plaza in Washington, D.C. Let's see, Tonopah Test Range and Weddell. They are on high status at Kauai Test Facility, which is masks required regardless of vaccination status. Serial testing for unvaccinated employees required. They're on yellow status or medium status with masks not required regardless of vaccination status, but serial testing for unvaccinated employees required at Sandia, California, as well as their Minnesota site. So this is more of the stuff that's coming from that. Uh, Eddie, Southwest is cheap as long as you aren't leaving or landing in Albuquerque. That is true. Um, shop it around. It's kind of amazing. They're literally, when, when, when they're telling you the land of entrapment, New Mexico is now becoming the land of entrapment now. It, it really is. Yet another reason to move, sadly. Uh, let's see. Allegiant Airlines. My friend's uncle owns Allegiant Airlines, uh, by the way. Um, and, yeah, I think I've told you about this uh, story. Uh, fabulous uh, guy. The way that they make their money is they make their money on the upsell. They have cheap airlines, but they also have the oldest fleet uh, in the market. Uh, and they fly to cities that have... Uh, low air, low landing fees. So, for example, they don't fly into um, like Sky Harbor, right? Uh, they fly into Mesa, Arizona. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, they like if you look at their map of the places where they they go to, and they sort of fly off times. So the focus for them is really trying to make it's a great experience. Of if you've ever flown Allegiant Airlines, the uh, the downside is flying times. They do a lot of direct flights. Everything with Allegiant is direct, but the down yeah there is really no connecting. Um, there's almost never delays with Allegiant Airlines. They're on time. They're just not. They don't fly as much, but they're, they're probably one of like per dollar one of the most profitable companies because they sell the um, the cars you know, the rent-a-cars and they sell the hotel rooms. They get a cut of the action because of the package deals that they do it. And if you look at Spirit Airlines approach, it's the same exact thing. They take their approach by, see, let me kind of tell you something about the airline industry, which is really interesting. So Southwest is great for planners and it's good if you are someone who has a subscription to them, which means you're a frequent flyer or A-lister or an A-list preferred member, okay? So they're so smart about you tracking your points and what they're connected to that they can turn you like into a subscribing member. Like 
you can buy points so that you can secure and you're willing to you're but you have to be a certain type of, of member to consistently fly them and then of course it's the expectation that you always know what you're going to get because that's probably the airline that everyone has mostly flown before either that or american but they know how to keep you um tied to their airline and you're willing to spend a little bit more because of it uh they built that over years it wasn't what 30 years ago when they threw peanuts in your lap and it was a low cost cheap alternative and then it established itself as sort of the cadillac brand of of uh the the cadillac brand of 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 uh of airlines so i think you have to think about you know how they sell to you um allegiant is just trying to get you on that one-off experience and then hoping that you're going to get dedicated to it the only way you can actually save money by flying southwest it's interesting the only way is if you schedule something you know three to five months ahead if you're going to take an overnight flight and try to go someplace and get a last minute flight you are going to pay through the nose with southwest and they're depending upon those people who are willing to already uh, not shop around their numbers because they know southwest is going to get them where they need to be in a pinch so i would venture to guess i don't know this to be true but i'm taking a guess uh the one airline that books the the the, the greatest number of uh, last minute uh passengers is got to be southwest and i think they understand that so you have a lot of people who are paying for your uh airline tickets uh when you book it three to five months ahead of time because once you try to change that airline ticket you'll pay two three four times as much you do not have that problem with american airlines allegiant uh, or spirit you know you generally are pretty interchangeable and uh, they have a different time uh, variation there's not a, as great a demand most people are, are trying to do that so anyway just a little insight uh, there oh louis sanchez is listening uh are we getting punked uh oh for three michelle garcia holmes is running for u.s congress again that uh coming out from the conservative new mexican um yeah it's uh this was this was an article that was released by nick uh over at the conservative new mexican some time ago uh, i want to say yeah back in september of 2021 there it is she was was she making her declaration for it that far back that early wow my gosh <laughs> or, or was that the trial balloon <laughs> she's easily uh, i thought you know i used to think janice arnold jones was the most annoying person in all of politics uh and she she still is she still takes the cake but i think i think uh michelle garcia holmes is is right there with her don't you think uh, I mean, a lot they, of signs in Corrales for uh, Michelle Garcia Holmes. I noticed uh, signage. There it is. Got to got to keep that controlled opposition. Eddie, there are no change fees on Southwest Airlines for tickets. You are wrong. I didn't say change fees. I said if you change it, you will pay a different price. I never said anything about change fees. Did I say anything about fees? No. I just said that. Yeah, I just said uh, different prices. I'm sorry if I misspoke. A mask is like trying to keep mosquitoes out with a chain link. <laughs> Why isn't this ever said to anyone? Well, they don't say it for whatever reasons. Let's see. Um, let's see. We've got where? Oh, someone wants to move to Prescott, Arizona. It's called Prescott, by the way. Just so oh, you know. Yeah, Prescott. <laughs> no, it's not Prescott. It's Prescott. Uh, so it's Prescott. And then uh, finally, sadly, evil people run things in New Mexico and dumb people keep voting for them. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Uh, believe it or not, I probably will not even be able to do because uh, I'm running, running out of battery here, but I'm going to have to switch 
switch uh, apparati and go with a different computer for hour three. So uh, uh, hopefully I'll be able to hold up here. My thing is eating up, and I figured out what, what's happening here. I'm on a 5G ultra-wide network, and it consumes about twice the amount of uh, throughput because I think... I think, I don't know, probably K-Man can tell us, I think is because of the rendering is so pure and it's so clear. I think that might be what's happening. So you, you, you get increased quality, but you got to be at full battery in order to do it. I've used about 50% of the battery, but I started out at uh, 70%. So uh, there you go. Back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva, and we'll be back to wrap the hour on AM1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, will life still go on? Believe me. The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you All right, good stuff. I love the Beach Boys, and we're playing a lot of Beach Boys uh, today. Uh, there's so many reasons uh, why, but you could always uh, subscribe and then know that, and then we don't have to address it necessarily on air. So instead of uh, you know us having to remind you of uh, what we do every morning, that's something that Dowd, and that's his enterprise. Uh, the songs that we covered, Barry Wells, My Guy, 64 is when that came out. Number one on the singles chart uh, there. The Beach Boys uh, released what I believe is probably the best album uh, there is. Uh, I really, I think it's my favorite album. Uh, I could listen to it forever. And that, of course, is Pet Sounds. Um, you'll know it, of course, with the green jacket. It was produced by Brian Wilson. Standout tracks include Wouldn't It Be Nice? You also have uh, God Only Knows. And then inspired by the Beatles' uh, Rubber Soul, it went on to influence the Fat Four, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And then you had the Band Wars, considered by many to be the greatest album of all time. I don't know if I would uh, consider that. I do like A Day in the Life and obviously the whole you know, the way that that is uh, all produced. And it, it is a great album, no doubt about it. You can't take anything away. But, you know, for my own American ears, I do enjoy the Beach Boys a hell of a lot more. And it's a, a timeless piece, I think, uh, even now. So uh, hour three, we'll be uh, jumping in. Uh, also on this day back in 87, uh, please don't play it. U2 is probably the most overplayed. We play it even every day here on this radio station, you know. So I know I, I just... I like you too. It's my favorite band growing up, uh, that's for sure. But they had their first number one single with uh, Bono's With or Without You remained in the top spot for three weeks. I feel like it remained in the top spot for like 
all the late eighties. It's yeah, like three years. One, yeah. <laughs> like, was it three weeks? Exactly. Oh, uh, actor Danny Trejo. Happy birthday to him. He's 78 years, uh, of age today. Like, you know, he's, uh, he's the, every, his, every Hispanic bad guy that's ever played is going to be played by, uh, Danny Trejo. Can't believe he's 78. Um, so I guess that would have made him when you all got to know him as Robert De Niro's partner in the movie Heat, which I think is probably one of the uh, cinematic uh, phenomenons. Michael Manns, uh, by the way, the same creator for Miami Vice, uh, creating that that wonderful movie. Um, what else has Michael Mann even created after that? I don't know, but that Heat uh, was an amazing movie. I haven't watched that. That's one of those movies I used to watch all the time, and I probably haven't watched it in 20 years, to be quite honest, but uh, one of the best. Val Kilmer, uh, also on that one. Uh, don't forget, Maverick is coming out on Thursday. Hopefully, you already bought your tickets. I'm going to be cheering the whole uh, whole way through. Um, but yeah, Danny Trejo was uh, the bad guy, Robert De Niro's partner, and then uh, Robert De Niro shoots his bad guy to put him out of his misery on that uh, iconic top floor that's a very interesting house that house has been featured uh it's probably the one house that's been featured more than any other i'm guessing here i'm taking a huge stab at it but more than any other house that i can possibly think of in film it's been there mm-hmm. uh let's see Danny terrestrial requested to die if he played a bad guy so kids don't idolize bad guys <laughs> that's funny <laughs> uh let's see back in 84 ozzy osborne was arrested in memphis for staggeringly drunk down the Beale Street. He was released from jail five hours later after drying out was not required to make a court appearance. So uh, there you go. But we're going to get through all our top ten leaks. Tell us about some of the highlights and everything as we're going to cover the news to kick off the week, get you caught up on everything. Dow's going to take you, and hopefully I'll be able to stay connected the entire time. Hopefully I won't uh, lose all that. But uh, tell me about uh, some of the stuff that we have looking forward to in Hour 3, Dow. Well, I wanted to take a look at this poll on. Uh, okay, don't 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 shoot the messenger, ladies and gentlemen, on Americans' views on the whole trans movement because I don't okay. uh, I don't follow it. In, you know, I, I follow culture broadly. I don't. I couldn't care less about all this trans activism. But it may seem with this new poll that people are starting to have a little bit of their fill with that. Uh, and also, Eddie, I, uh, I think this kind of hooks into. Apparently today, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition uh, has been announced, and uh, we have an old lady on the cover, and we have a fat lady on the cover, and uh, and we have uh, a forty-one-year-old media attention whore on the cover too. But I do think that people are people might be reacting to the constant flow of being smashed in the face. And, and the poll I mentioned earlier in terms of what people care about, racism, well, I'll just tease you on this, racism, which we've talked about nothing but for, uh, is, it, is it Memorial Day? Are we two years since the death of uh, St. George of Fentanyl? Uh, it would be uh, one year. It feels longer than that, yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Didn't that happen in 2020? No, 2021. You sure? Is it? I think it was last year, wasn't it? Has it been going around for two years? <laughs> I think it might be two. I think you're, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, uh, let me check. Let's see. Yeah, I didn't know uh, you're right. 20, 2020. You're right. Yes. It had, so yeah, it was 2020. It was, I- yeah, I believe it was over the Memorial Day weekend. So we've been dealing with, uh, well, actually, you want to go back to 2014 and Trayvon and Barack Obama. Oh, son, Trayvon would look. Uh, the polling data on races, it looks oh. like to me, Eddie, 
people have other issues in their lives that they care about, no matter how much uh, of this nonsense is, nonsense is just piped into their homes on a daily basis. Uh, I'm still I'm still working on that book about the election in 2020. They have a number of 1.63 billion dollars that corporate America gave to Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter affiliated entities. That's corporate America gave $1.63 billion in addition to the entertainment media, in addition to the news media. And uh, at least by this poll, it's not really working too well because Americans care about other issues. So uh, the trans stuff, the race stuff, the cultural stuff, uh, kind of a snapshot of where we are. And Eddie, I think uh, some of the news is actually good. So it's not all bad. Um, wait, I'm, I'm looking at this horrible, hold on, let me, let me look at this. These are like, these might be four people I don't want to see in a swimsuit. No offense, but <laughs> I mean, there's the truth. I mean, you know, yeah. guys, you know, we don't want to see like, oh God, this is so, this is troubling. Okay. Let me, am I, can I, can this be right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. This is, this is bad. So it looks like I have a woman that I don't recognize and they're stuffing her into a bathing suit that looks like a clown face. Uh, it's all black. Uh, I don't know who the one on all the way in the left and the leopard, I guess. Is that Ciara? That's Ciara who is yes. married to Russell Wilson. So we got to have the, uh, um, she looks pretty good. Um, so she does look good. She's one of yeah. four. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely stick with uh, her. I think she looks good. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh, this. Here you go. I don't know if you guys can see this on Rock of Talk TV. There you go. Uh, you yeah. got like a, a woman who should never be in. Yeah, t please. Uh, who is this? That's Elon Musk's mother. Okay, I just canceled my Twitter account. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, is that Kim Kardashian? Yes, indeed. 41, yeah. 41 year old. Who's a total whore. So, uh, there we go. And, and, so, and Eddie, on the interior, there's a model proudly showing off her C-section scar in a, in a swimsuit. So we're, we're covering all the bases. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever these people need to do, I haven't read sports illustrated in ages, so I yeah, can't me neither. This, but there you go. All right. Take us out. Uh, hour three, you and me and the Dowd makes three, 3,000 right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 uh, com. She is a whore, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, after all, she literally set up a movie uh, so that she could show herself having sex for exactly the reason that would be prostitution or being a whore. So there you go. That's what you get. Uh, the truth hurts and uh, hasn't hurt her. She doesn't mind being called that. And uh, she'll sleep with whatever is trendy in order to uh, continue to stay relevant in, in the news. I can't wait to see what she becomes uh, when she's in her 60s. Uh, someone is still going to be selling her in some way or fashion. Take us out, Eric. Uh, we'll see you up in hour three uh, here when we return. Thanks for listening. Top of the hour is next. And she knows just what it takes to make a pro blush. She got that gobble, stand off side. She's got that day besides. She'll let you take her home. 
Juice Newton, is uh, nothing uh, notable about Juice Newton other than the fact that, is it her birthday today? Is Juice Newton's birthday? No, it's not. We're just playing that for fun here in hour number three. Just because, just because maybe we're thinking about a swimsuit issue. It's, it, Eric's trying to ease me into maybe being less harsh on the uh, swimsuit uh, illustrated models. I remember when that used to be a thing. It was competed for. Now anybody can get on it. Doesn't matter, you know, how... Uh, you know, <clears throat> notorious you are, or uh, you know how how much you shouldn't be in a swimsuit. There are just certain people that shouldn't be in a swimsuit. It's that simple. Hopefully, I'm coming through loud and clear. Six in the five oh five with more four and one here for your hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIVBQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, and uh, Doubt and I are gonna uh, breeze through some of the news uh, of the day, get you caught up, and I might have to uh, switch devices. I'm, I'm flying off two devices right now, but. I will certainly uh, do my best. Uh, also, Megan Fox is 36. Speaking of, of people who need to be in swimsuits, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know who Megan Fox is. Okay, I wrote down. You can feel free. I'm sure you know. Gabriella Sabatini. Haven't heard from her in a while. But if if this makes you old, it's this. She's 52 years of age. I couldn't even believe that when I read that. That was just. Uh, uh, and also, happy birthday to our favorite, uh, well, if you want to say, um, we, to say that, but uh, Tucker Carlson's 53, so I didn't realize uh, Dowd uh, 
you know. Um, by the way, if you follow me on Twitter, that that is gone. I'm getting rid of that. So after Musk, the mom is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Just, oh my God! I'm beginning to think the the worst things about Elon Musk. Whatever is. Uh, said about him is must be uh, true let's uh, get to all the news that is news uh, hour three with the uh, dow 3000 and uh we are the number one place in the entire country uh forest fires and in addition to that distinction we are also uh now uh michelle luhan grisham is on record for having the very worst fire season the most acres burnt uh, she uh, uh but is uh, smiling down upon the good people of new mexico and saying when you guys get to learn your lesson and start voting these scumbags out of office. So uh, there you go. I think uh, this might be the year to potentially do that. So let's see. Second largest wildfire, according to the uh, AP. Somebody else uh, said it was the, the largest uh, fire, but it's also the largest uh, one in New Mexico's history. Take us through the news of the day, Dowd, and I'll play a little catch-up with you. Yeah, uh, well, this poll stuck out to me. It's been kind of a day for polls for me, which I, I normally don't look at. But, uh, oh, Eddie, it's just, it's hard to just, just think about. Think about Sports Illustrated in the 1980s, Eddie. Think about <laughs> Kathy Ireland and Elle McPherson. Uh, our culture today, it's, it's fascinating. You can tell the, the health of a society by by what its culture promotes. And I, and I really think much of American culture for centuries, Eddie, um, bravery was celebrated. Now uh, weakness and cowardice is celebrated. Uh, financial success, capitalism, the ability to uh, enrich yourself, but the only way you can enrich yourself in a mostly free economy is providing goods, goods and services that people will pay for, which makes their lives better. So now, instead of celebrating economic success. Every guy who's a billionaire has to wear cargo shorts and drive around in a Prius and pretend that he doesn't have any money. Uh, and of course, Elon, who I have mixed feelings about, always talks about, oh, I sold all my homes and I, I only stay on friends' couches now. I mean, you can't even be a rich guy and own a house anymore uh, in America. Uh, the Horatio Alger story of of a tough, tough upbringing, but you overcame it and went on to success in business, in the military, in whatever. That's become, we celebrate your victimization and we want you to actually wallow in your victimization and never get over your victimization. Uh, the celebration of beauty, the feminine ideal, which is is pretty consistent through the ages, uh, you know, facial symmetry and, and, and the waist-hip ratio is pretty consistent in represented in art throughout the ages. Uh, they've done studies on this. They've taken a, a female uh, a, 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 a silhouette of a female form, taken it all over the world, taken it to Stone Age cultures in the jungle, and men all prefer the same body type with a, a young look and facial symmetry. Now we don't celebrate feminine beauty anymore. We celebrate the opposite of feminine beauty by fat chicks and old chicks. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know where this is coming from. I will commend Jordan. Pe We're going to get to trans in a minute. Uh, I'm on a roll. I'm going to commend Jordan Peterson, one of the best people alive today. He tweeted out a picture of the very, uh, 
obese uh, girl who's on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and said, uh, sorry, not beautiful, and no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. <laughs> and, of course, he's immediately attacked uh, in a thousand different ways, and uh, he re re replied, it's a conscious progressive attempt to, manip to manipulate and retool the notion of beauty, reliant on the idiot philosophy that such preferences are learned and properly changed by those who know better. Uh, that statement is we could go three hours just on that statement alone, Eddie. Uh, we, we don't, uh, it, you're not socially conditioned to like people and trust people like yourself more. Uh, that's, they've studied babies. Babies aren't racist, but babies tend to feel more trusting with facial types that are like theirs. They recognize the features, you know, mommy and daddy usually look like them. Uh, as I said, they've taken the female body form all over the world, and men like the same waist to hip ratio. It has nothing to do with the evils of the patriarchy. This has been debunked again and again and again, and for Jordan Peterson to actually come out and say this in the crazy culture we have now, a billion people have responded and called him every uh, name in the book. But the polling data I was talking about earlier on the trans acceptance, um, the more I look at this, Eddie, the more I think that really uh, a lot of these people, it's just mental illness. You can't have a poll in a suburban school in, Chicago, in, in Pittsburgh saying 16% of high school kids now identify as trans when that wasn't even a thing last week. And, right. it's just, and, and now it's 16% in a big right. school district outside Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just, it's just some combination of crazy ideology and entertainment and media with, with tapping into the inherent weakness of mankind and latching onto a really bad idea. Uh, 33%, this is a, a poll like NBC of all people, 33% of Americans say society has gone too far in accepting transgender identities. Now you'd say, well, that's terrible news. It should be 85%, but we're going to look at the trend. 35% uh, say the country has not gone far enough to end discrimination against quote-unquote transgender people. Another 25% say that we have reached a reasonable level. Okay, while well, more people uh, indicate know that i don't but but Del, let me say this i don't know that any you know just look on the face of that and so before we race through those that stats which is really interesting nobody knows transgender people exactly who are they yeah where yeah. are they we don't yeah. know that, that like there's no way that that we would know that someone's being discriminated against a, a transgender unless everybody is apparently me so the statistics when you're just looking at those those numbers there's no way that that's a possibility because you don't i doubt anybody in our audience could probably talk to has ever even met a transgender person yeah yeah uh and and uh, it's akin i would say to when the pollsters go out and the totally worthless question, you know, what do you think about Roe v. Wade? Most people have no idea what what legal framework Roe v. Wade laid down. You can say, do you support abortion in the first trimester, or the second trimester? You can ask more detailed, you know, parental notification. But if you're asking someone about Roe, they have no idea. You know, if you don't have a personal frame of reference for a transgender person, you probably don't know much about the issue. Now, this 35% uh, say the country has not gone far enough, 33% has gone too far. It's a 10-point drop in terms of the people uh, who, while more people indicated there's still more work to do, the two-percentage point lead represents a 10% point drop since NBC News last asked the question almost a year ago uh, and is within the polls 3.1% margin of error. So it's actually dropping in that August survey of 2021, 26% of Americans said the country had gone too far. So it's actually gone up uh, nine points. So there, that may be an indication that there's some awareness of this uh, absolute madness and absolute uh, uh, silliness. But, uh, you know, back to Peterson, I mean, he, 
this is what happens. I mean, you can't, I mean, he writes his own books and he's got his own podcast and you can't really deplatform him, but this is what, ha this is what happens now to anyone who differs in any way from this creepy tearing down of culture. I don't, Eddie, I don't even know if we have a culture anymore. Our culture is tearing down culture, a culture that celebrated bravery, the feminine ideal, financial success, overcoming your problems, not wallowing in your problems. And I was just during the break, Eddie, I was thinking about the 1980s and I, I was looking at myself and thinking, all right, you're just a grumpy old man who who doesn't let you. You finally gotten into your elder years, and you're you're looking at uh, uh, becoming a, gr a grumpy old man who just doesn't like whatever the current culture is. I don't think that's the case. Think about no, I don't the think so either. Think about in the 1980s, we celebrated, you know, Olympic athletes. Carl, um, oh God, who was the track runner? Uh, was it Carl, Carl Lewis? Lewis. Um, yeah. We had, uh, you know, the, the the NBA exploded, and we really celebrated the excellence of Magic and Bird. Uh, think about Sports Illustrated. We celebrated the feminine ideal. El McPherson, uh, Kathy Ireland. Oh. Think about business. Oh. Who, 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 who made it big in the 1980s? Donald Trump. There were blue-collar middle Americans buying Donald Trump's books, people who were never going to be millionaires or billionaires. I had a friend in, in, in junior high school who actually went on to be going to finance because he really, really cared about money. He bought Donald Trump's books as a junior high and a high school kid. Uh, think about the, mm -hmm. the revival of the military, the respect for the military coming out of the 1970s with Vietnam, the grizzled guy uh, in the camo jacket that everybody looked down on. They all assumed they were all, you know, drug addicts. The massive revival of respect for the military and um, Top Gun, uh, the military, the Vietnam movies that in some sense were very, very dark, but a lot of young men, Generation X in our generation, actually went into the military. Some, to some degree, they were, they were inspired by that. And I think that all was capped off with the 1991 uh, you know, the first Gulf War and, and George H.W. Bush said, we kicked Vietnam syndrome once and all, once and for all. We can get into the, the historical accuracy of that. But I don't think I am becoming a grumpy old man, Eddie. I, when I was coming of age in the 1980s, we still celebrated these traditional values and virtues uh, of, of greatness and achievement. And we are in a culture now, Eddie, where we just celebrate mediocrity and ugliness and victimization and whining. This is this is a truly a unique, I think, a very scary time in American culture. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. I agree with you. Um, and I think, you know, we sound refreshing at the very same time. We sound mean at the very same time. We sound, but it's a matter of your perspective, not ours. I mean, the idealization of beauty doesn't change. Uh, and there are things that people are attracted to and it's symmetry and it's uh health and it's whiteness of teeth uh consistency of skin um i mean these are just natural facts that you could actually put there's a whole science to attraction yep, yep. um and people just looking back at the sports illustrated you know you know venus they had a very different um ideal in the baroque era you see a woman who's uh, Baroque. They had a different idea about what they found attractive. They didn't find women with massive, uh, you know what, uh, upstairs uh, as being very attractive. They found small, demure, you know, very pale skin, skinned women. They found that as a, a being attractive. So the, it transitions all the time. And I don't know why uh, it's needed to go ahead and 
quantify or homogenize uh, by by throwing everything against the wall and saying, hey, this is beauty. This is beauty. Recognize this. Look at me. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Don't you say, like, no, the more you try to tell me how beautiful you are, or the more you try to kind of can my opinions and put them into this, this idea about what you think should be, doesn't mean it is. I mean, we would all love the world to be 100 percent, um, you know, Republican and conservatives. The problem is, is, and you sent me that video early today, Dowd. The problem is, is we just, that's ugly by itself. You know, yeah, we, yes. we enjoy diversity, but we also know that there's a certain level of, of, of what's attractive and what isn't attractive. So, you know, I, I think this, you know, attempt to sort of, you know, strong arm people and make them feel bad for their choices about what they like and shaming them into what's cool. You know, the whole thing that you just stated about Wall Street and, you know, how business people should be dressed as business people and all these things. I mean, all of that is very true. Everyone's running around with this uh, lackadaisical approach and, hey, if they don't like it, they're going to redefine whatever the terms are. And it also has to do with language, too. Language is getting redefined all the time and it's changing what people can actually interpret. So uh, it, it makes my head hurt just trying to think about the very fact that we have to address this, I think, is, is stupid. And I think that's where they win the game. The fact that we are talking about this at all, it shows that they're winning. Because we're having to address what they put up there. You know what? This is why you disconnect. Uh, you deplatform. You say, I don't pay attention to Sports Illustrated for my stuff. I still find whatever, Venus to Milo or Botticelli's vision of what a beautiful woman to be, actually very beautiful. Uh, and you might want to try to attain that if I'm interested, going to be interested in you, if you, if you know what I'm saying. I sure, think that sure. that's a, a good thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you raised all, I'm glad you raised all of this because there is a mental health element. These are people who are very unhappy with themselves. And so they keep morphing and changing. And instead of uh, changing their clothes or changing, you know, their hairstyle or changing their makeup or changing this, like these, you know, uh, painfully mentally deficient and depressed and angry people uh, want you to change your interpretation and want you to accept them what they want. It's like, why do I need to accept you? We don't have to engage with every single thing. We mm -hmm. don't. And why is my opinion of whether or not you're pretty uh, going to define you as a person? You shouldn't give a crap about what I say. You shouldn't be interested in anything I have to say with regards to you and how it, Im how it impacts your life. You should be happy and secure enough in your own life to go ahead and look for self-validation and realize I love myself and I'm going to love myself. And you have to get yourself to, to a problem, but you don't have to change about what I find because uh, that that's an impossible thing. Because what I find attractive today may not be what I find attractive tomorrow. And could you imagine if you keep trying to hammer me over the head and telling me, well, I'm attractive then and I'm attractive now. Well, like you're not attractive because you're trying to tell me what I should find attractive and that's unattractive. Do you get very sort of nebulous world? Do you get what I'm driving at in terms of I uh, I one of the thing one of the few true gifts I possess is I can do uh, self criticism. Most people I've met in my life have no they have no self awareness and they're completely incapable of criticizing themselves. I'm I've been the more the culture has descended into the rot that it is, and the more you know I cut the cord what two and a half years ago now. Nobody Ted Turner's not getting any money from me. Disney's ESPN's not getting any money from me. I've been obsessed with this notion that. There's no difference between you being repelled by this and previous generations saying Elvis and rock and roll and Madonna, we don't want any of that crap. There's no difference between you and any other crabby old guy. But can you get what I'm driving at in terms of we've crossed over? It's something different now. Um, 
Elvis still loved his mother. Maybe he was a little risque with swinging his hips around, but the guy stayed uh, clothed. Okay, uh, you know there were lines that weren't crossed. The, the the culture now is a celebration of kind of the the aberrant, the failed, the ugly, and I I think we are just on a different level here, Eddie. I, I really think we are. I think. The, the people in publishing houses, the people who uh, are involved in radio and television, the people in, in, in cinema, um, there would have been, in fact, you know, if you go way back to the old Warner Brothers days and, and the, in the, the Hollywood code, you know, the motion, pr motion picture production code, you know, they had very firm and hard rules on what was and what was not allowed. I don't know that I would want to go that far. I'm, I'm still more of a, of a First Amendment guy. But the kind of things that are celebrated in our culture today, and I'm just talking the last maybe five to ten years, uh, they are beyond. They are so far beyond any level of risqueness or just generation gap. I think it's the celebration of the perverted and, and almost the encouragement of beliefs and behaviors that are destroying society. I truly believe, Eddie, I'm not a grumpy old man. We have crossed over. We are in uncharted territory now. So I have a lot to say about what you're going to say. I don't know how much sense it's all going to make, but I am a student of art history. Uh, I know a lot about art history. And one of the great things that you learn in art history is through observation, is you learn how to read images and read things. And so there are naturally, you know, and I've already sort of touched upon it, you know, there's Renaissance. You know, there's, uh, like I said, you know, the Baroque or the, you know, darker periods. And then you get sort of into this, you know, impressionistic and the subjects were different, right? So you, you skip from scenes to pictures of objects, which would be flowers or, you know, still lifes. And then all of a sudden you see this thing that happens um, as being sort of the highest form of art at its time, as you see this change in style in the people who are driving it. And then it turns into Dada or nihilistic uh, type uh, art. And the point I'm making is this, is that happened all at the very same time. Art influences culture, culture influencing art. It's a reflection of what's there. And then at the beginning of World War One, people can't make sense of what's happening. So if you go and you look at the, the art of a, an artist by the name of Wassily Kandinsky, who's my favorite, he's a Russian uh, abstract artist. And it's just something that I absolutely love. It's just whatever, for whatever reason, I'm attracted to that. And you go and you relate it directly to the things that are happening in life at that time, you start to realize that, yes, those parallels that were back then are the same way that they are today. Dada, nihilism, cubism, no one would ever say that Picasso piece is really beautiful. They had a very big deal, but but he insisted that this was going to be the way, and then they made that sort of stylish and beautiful. It's like, you, this is a totally deformed cubist art piece of whatever, right? And then it turned into to, to thoughts about, you know, sort of exploring uh, uh, surrealism. So surrealism and Dadaism and all that stuff. And then that became more common until they made it the desired piece. And this is where I think, it, 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 despite the fact that Art Deco and the, 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 the actual art of Gustav Klimt, in my opinion, was far more attractive, Art Nouveau, you know, those were the things that people should have been attracted to. But instead, there was this whole other piece that didn't feed that other end. And I think, you know, doubt on, on, on your point here, um, the people who have captured and want to create that, they get to t decide what tastes and what things are going to be. When you start dictating taste based upon the amount of money, and you can't dictate taste unless you decide what you're 
types of wine, the types of movies, the types of books, the types of art, the, like all those types of things, you're 100% correct. We have completely trashed this Western way of thinking. We have, tra we have trashed every way we possibly can any sort of Western representation. And there's a part of fluid money that's influencing that. And it has to do with China and the East. And they're never going to achieve that level of uh, sort of cultural uh, development, uh, if you will. And that's something that, you know, money just can't buy. So what do you do? You make everything uh, start into a mass market co commoditization so you can get more and more people into it. But it doesn't make it more beautiful just because everybody, like, I'll, I'll tell you a case in point. Like, there's these knockoff Rolex watches. <laughs> Why would I want a knockoff Rolex watch? Why when I? What would be the purpose of getting a knockoff Rolex watch? Well, what's a really interesting thing in this war on culture is they've made some of those knockoff Rolex watches as valuable, like one fifth and cooler than the actual uh, Rolex themselves, where the Rolex aren't actually increasing in prices. So this, you know, desired. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. They're called Bapex, and it's from a Japanese designer. Um, it's called a bathing ape, right? And so you get all these things that other people are attracted to. It's like, well, you don't need a Rolex. You just need this. And so it's a way of like throwing the middle finger to the right uh, or the people that have influence or peddling on that. It's like, like, we'll make this just as valuable as that. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways to sort of skin this, but this has all happened before. And they know how to set this stuff into motion. Nothing is new under the sun here. It's an idea about what, with, what can people with money and what type of influence and what type of signal that they want to send out. And then you just mass market produce it. So how do they sell more swimsuits? Get more fat people to buy them. How do they sell more? Like anything that you're going to do. No, it's it's, hmm. it's it's just marketing. That's sure, what it is, sure, right? Sure, sure. And if you can destroy it, if you can destroy it and turn it more into, well, this is attainable for everybody. And you suddenly have this big fat woman jumping into a bathing suit. And you're like, what the hell is she doing in the bathing suit? And she has now got it plugged into her head. It's like, well... They told me that I look beautiful in this bathing suit, so I must look beautiful in this bathing suit, so I'm going to wear this bathing suit. Meanwhile, she looks terrible in this bathing suit. Everyone's telling her how great that she actually looks. She looks like crap because she hasn't done anything to actually change the actual uh, image scientifically proven about what's beautiful. You know, 36, 24, 36, symmetrical, all these types of things that people are naturally attracted to. Men aren't going to be attracted to that, but she has been convinced that she is. And when you don't accept it, then that's when the aggression is turned up. And they say, you must accept this. And if you don't, you're racist, sexist. Right. Um, I don't know. What, what is it when you shame, fat shaming? Is that what they call it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah. Well, you can't, change, you, can't, you can't change the fact that that's just there. And this is just good, honest conversation about what is and what isn't. You can't force people to accept 58 different genders. You can't people to, uh, force people to accept this is this. If it works for you, great. But don't try to exclaim that it's better than anything else that that's out there and how we are forced to explain it. And that's this, this is where you and I are on the same exact thing. You're a paleo. You're a paleo libertarian. That's exactly what I am. You know why we are is because ultimately we want to experience the very best in whatever field that it happens to be, because man has a natural attainment to build the very best things. But instead, instead, what's passing for music is stuff that you can even make sense of. But we know mm -hmm. that in our head that uh, certain notes, classical music, Mozart, 1000 percent of the time is going to satisfy anybody who ever listens to it because it's made with, you know, 
60 different hands, I mean, or 90, whatever, 60 different instruments in an orchestra written for that over a period of time, and it's literally perfect. It's meant to be attractive to everybody, okay? Because that's what was great. But now we've changed art. So now you must know who this artist is and this artist is. And is that music? I can't tell. What is this? Well, what am I actually listening to? So that's changed it, and that is somehow more valuable than some of the stuff, which you can get it with a library card. You can get all the classical music 100% free. Absolutely. And our, our orchestra, orchestras are failing. Our symphonies are failing. You know, we've got Western culture. There's no more art museums. There's none of the things that make a city a city, that, that, that keep the culture together. Instead of restaurants, we've got damn food trucks. What am I going to do with a food truck? I don't want to sit outside and wait for you to, to, to cook me some nasty ass thing that you're going to stick down my mouth and I have to go and I don't want your food truck food. It's street food. To, it's street food. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. Don't try to sell me on that. I'm not interested in that. And if it's going to be on the street, I don't want to pay like I'm in a restaurant. Oh, this is the best thing. Here's your $14 burrito. No, thank you. You're, you're serious. How much is that van? Did I just pay for, you know, what did I pay for for you today? Like, I'm not, there's actual restaurants that are dying. And that's another, you know, battle that sort of keeps us together culturally. And I'm not oh. being an elitist, but part of what makes us paleo-libertarians, and you can look it up, is man will naturally gravitate towards the very best things in life and will make the best choices for himself, for the food, drink, uh, entertainment, women, family, houses, you know, ultimately, when we all live for, you know, the types of things that and experiences that we have, you know, now it's the experiences like, well, go camp out at a festival for three days and get high while you watch 30 <laughs> different bands that you won't remember. Like, that's not that's not what I want to waste two thousand dollars on. I want to go on a vacation to this place that a lot of people, you know, don't oftentimes get a, a And that's a real real place uh, to go yeah i'm getting a lot of feedback food trucks are way overpriced everyone's experiencing exactly what you and i are talking about right here and mm -hmm. it's this uh, this is sort of um a need to tell us that what we enjoy and what we like and what we want is not good enough or isn't cool so that's why you have the square guy the white dude you know suddenly sporting the uh the nike air jordans and all this kind of stuff because now you can say you're cool and ha 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 we got you to spend 500 dollars on sneakers yeah. But Eddie, I think it beyond the marketing, and obviously I think there's some predatory people in the private sector who are trying to capitalize off this. I think Peterson's line, I got to think about this because I just read it 10 minutes ago, this attempt to put a ugly fat woman in, and you know, frankly, for a 74-year-old woman, Elon Musk's mother looks like she's very healthy, but she's still a 74-year-old oh, woman. Oh, and you, you, and, just, you just took the bait. No, 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 no. You took the bait. This is, this is it now. <laughs> Yeah. This is what I, want. I want you to stop. Let me. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm so sorry to be so rude. Sure. You're taking the bait, okay? Because you're starting to rationalize their preferences for you, and you can't do that. You can't compromise word one. You you know what you like, and it's a gut feeling. Never go against your gut. And you're just like, no, she's a pretty attractive for a 74-year-old. It's a 74-year-old in a swimsuit. Objectively, <laughs> yes. that's what it is. And why is she in it? Uh, you notice I did not say attractive. I said healthy. She seems to be healthy for a 74-year-old because I was okay. thinking of my parents who were in their late 70s. But you don't put anybody in their 70s on the cover of a swimsuit edition. I don't care uh, how good you Bingo. look for 74. But what Peterson said is 
it's a it's a progressive attempt to manipulate and retool the notion of beauty reliant on the idiot philosophy and here's where this is where i think he gets i mean we could go for hours but reliant on the, the idiot sure. philosophy that such preferences are learned and properly changed by those who know better and i think he's trying to make such a deep point here his critics aren't aren't seeing this because they're just they're white knighting. They're saying he was mean to a fat girl and he's a bad old Canadian white man who doesn't know anything. But think about those words. Our preferences are learned and they need to be changed by those who know better. And I think that statement runs much, much deeper than a fat chick on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I think that relates to everything. That relates to sexual preference, uh, political ideology, uh, uh, you know, racial views, uh, the proper role of, of the genders. We are facing a, a full spectrum war by people who want to change our preferences because they think they know better so if you think one of these if you're if you're like michelle luan grisham if you're slightly above average intelligence you're waving your hands at this and you're saying oh we have so many important issues in 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 america why are you fighting over a canadian psychiatrist talking about a, a fat woman in a bathing suit it's not about the fat woman in the bathing suit it's what he's talking about our preferences are under attack by people who think that those preferences need to be changed by people who know better, and it goes so much farther and deeper and further than a magazine cover. Yeah, um, it is. You said hours. Uh, that that's a whole uh, semester of you know cultural uh, image and news interpretations. And what is the reason behind it? And let's just go back to what Andrew Breitbart talked about. You change culture, you change politics, right? In terms of politics transcending culture. So they know how to work on people and you get these companies. Hence, this is why you get this wokeism going on with these companies. Oh, Starbucks is gonna leave Russia or Starbucks is, uh, you know, has is empowering Black Lives Matter or Starbucks is like, well, instead of whining about it, why don't you go voice your opinion, change their opinion, let them know. They're just gonna react. Ultimately, they're just trying to sell coffee. And when you find out that they're not, they're willing to dig into their shareholder prices and say, you know what, we're holding the line. We're not gonna, we're gonna, you know, make sure that we accommodate all this. Like that's a, at that point, they stop becoming a company and they're a cause. And that is someone who's trying to change your preferences. And you gotta find out what's behind that. Is there something more personal that they're trying to do? And I think people need to really kind of, you know, pay attention. This is, this is so good, Dowd, just talking about the Jordan Peterson stuff, because we're moving away from the event driven stuff, which is getting lost in the cycle. And you took exactly what I said, okay, we're going to cover the news. Dowd's like, no, we're not going to cover the news. We're going to talk about transgenderism. We're going to talk about this quote for Jordan Peterson. Are we going to talk about how we can expand upon this and people respond to it? The texts that are coming in, this is the type of food for thought that people aren't talking. This is the type of conversation down that people aren't having. There's like, Oh, well, you know, he enjoys Voltron or he enjoys Xbox or he enjoys only get involved in your children's choices. And don't just like that woman this morning, don't shame your kids, sculpt your kids, sculpt them by getting involved and joining in and seeing what it's all about and say, you know what? Okay, my kids are going to get Jordans. I guess I'm going to get Jordans too and kind of figure out what this whole thing is. Why? Because I really don't matter anymore. What matters is they do. They look at 
visual currency. They look at things and how things are, and ultimately what's going to shape their opinions, the choices that they make as a consumer, the movies they go to, the friends they hang out with, the experiences they have, and the words that they hear, and the TV shows that they watch, and the stuff that they read. If you can start getting into that, then we'll be able to teach them to think for themselves. So many of these kids are so rote and going through just the, you know, the, the uh, sort of whatever. It doesn't matter how much, how smart or what they do if they don't know how to make personal choices. We've seen some of the smartest people in life have some of the dumbest political choices. And why? It's because they didn't want to be wrong because then they weren't cool or edgy enough to get involved and say, you know what, that is cool. I am aware. I know what that is. I know what, what you're trying to sell me. I know who's behind that product. I know what they're trying to tell me. I know where they're going. Once you... Your whole world expands profoundly the moment you get into the mind of a child and they start saying, oh, dad, I see what you're doing. I see what you, oh, that's cool. Oh, hey, you think what we do is pretty cool or you don't like this? Like I tell my kids, like I cuss in front of my kids, okay? And I'm a good dad, but there's a specific reason I cuss in front of my kids because I only want them to hear bad words from me. And there's a reason why I want them to hear bad words, okay? And I tell them this lesson all the time and it's a pretty easy one. When you pay the bills, then you can go ahead and, and say the cuss words. I use it for impact and effect. I'm not I'm not copiously cussing. I'm dropping exclamation marks. And you know what? When they hear them, they're not in fear of them, but they know not to say them. And that's a big thing. I'm introducing them to that. Same way when it comes to sex. I'm talking to the, my kids about any sort of sexual awareness that they need to have. Are, are, we know our body's a temple. We know this is going to happen. Who are you going to go to if this happens at any point? Keep those conversations going. Instead, what we have is conservatives running away from them, judging them immediately instead of getting involved and having a conversation with people who are going to be more intelligent than, than us, which is our children. Our mm -hmm. children are smarter than we are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they already know, and we have to stop treating them like that. So when Jordan Peterson's you know, talking about all this, type of, this type of stuff, when, he, when you see him out on the street, who's he talking to? He's talking to the next generation. And we've got to be getting involved instead of judging them all the time so we can sculpt and be involved in their choices because they, kids only know two, two things. They, knew, they know uh, fear and fun. That's the way I see it, right? That's fun, so it's good. That's fearful. That's bad. That's what they. That's a feeling, right? So feeling is is a good thing. So if you're not involved in their feelings, you're not going to be involved in their choices. That's where that disconnect is happening. You see so many of these kids now judging their parents all the time, and the parents deserve it because the kids aren't investing time. They just throw them a tablet, energy. Oh, yeah. They just say, here, do this, do that. They don't do what, what it is. Now, I'm sort of fortunate in the sense that I don't see my kids all the time. So when I'm with them, I'm really with them, and I'm sitting there listening to them all the time. But Jordan Peterson, I'm sure if he had kids, he'd probably drop everything he's doing and just pay attention and talk to them as if they were like his equals so that he can be involved with them and their choices and shape future generations. This is where conservatives, this is where Republicans, this is where we are missing out. We're mm -hmm. missing out because we're too, we're too interested in telling people this is good, this is bad, and that's it. I was like, okay, well, why, why are you interested in that? Who's selling that to you? The kids will literally tell you everything that they trust you. And if they don't, you aren't part of their club and you're never going to be able to influence the next generation of kids. And they do understand one thing, and that is respect and a well-placed cuss word from time to time. <laughs> you won't get an no, argument so from good. me. No, you know, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's and, and, and lest anyone say, oh, you're just seizing on the latest outrage to, to, to drive subscriptions. And, and listen, what Peterson 
his the way Peterson is reacting to this. It's not enough. You have this visceral reaction when you see an ugly fat chick on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh, society's going to hell. Peterson gets down into the depths of why this is bad for culture. I mean, it's why this is just but one example of a million others we could use about uh, how this uh, erodes culture. And Eddie, I think we're going to wrap the show up right where you began the show. Start today. Get your kids out of government schools. <laughs> You've got yeah. to do that. You've got to do it. Yeah, they're rationalizing their expectations as to what they can and can't be, where they can and can't go, what they can and can do. Like they're removing all choices. And the way that to do that is through criticism and telling them about you can't have this opinion, but you can have that opinion. Dowd, uh, bring us our top five. Yeah, folks, uh, top five at rockoftalk.chat. Your picks for the most interesting articles that went out this morning. Number one, uh, Bill Gates is telling us that people over 50 should get the vaccine. And, of course, he's vaxxed and he tests positive. Uh, number two, the polling on transgenderism we just discussed. Number three, Eddie, maybe we can get to this later this week. Extra security at Asian businesses in Albuquerque. Is this hype? Is this real? Who knows? Uh, number four, CNBC reporting that Saudi Aramco is making more profits hand over fist as we're trying to shut down the oil industry in New Mexico. And finally, uh, number five, Piers Morgan said there was no reason to give the Ukrainians the Eurovision Award. It was a rigged farce. Hey, you may not like him, but he's an interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's some truth right there. Dad, we'll see you tomorrow bright and early, 4 p.m. right here in the Kiva. Take us out, Eric. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Stay tuned. Bill O'Reilly is next. Step right up and don't be shy. Because you will not believe your eyes. She's right here behind.